0: Hey, this is Chuck, and you guys are listening to Middle-Aged Metal Heads. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. While you asking all them questions. Making statements. Us who? Asking all them questions. Asking all them
1: questions. While you asking all them questions. Making statements. Us who?
0: All right. Hey, folks. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Middle-Aged Metalheads. Can you believe we lived long enough to get to episode 48? And this is our listener Q and A part two. Who knows if we'll have a part three? But you should go back and listen to part one. I'm here with John Harden, the Metal Lord, Colin Bosler, Michael Stamps, and our special guest Scott Rudd, calling in from the the nether regions of of wherever. Scott, where are you right now? Rochester, New York. Rochester. Oh, that's a real place. It is. <laughs> that's not some <laughs> mythical land. It's not Narnia. It exists. No, no it isn't. It is not, uh, not It's not, not like, like Buffalo. Buffalo. Fine. It's not like Buffalo. It's not like uh, Ohio mm-hmm. or, uh, or wherever the rest of you people are. Um, lockdown. Lockdown. That's right. We're lonely. We're alone. And that's what we got. All right. We've got um, listener questions. John posted it out on, uh, on the old Insta, and I think Michael threw it up on, uh, on Facebook. And believe it or not, we've got before us... Not one, not two, but 17 listener questions. Not that we're going to get to all of them because we do have bedtimes uh, at our age. But uh, where are we going with this? Anybody? Well, I I think, you know, maybe
2: we could just start off with uh, the the one that kind of recurred was, uh, hey, you know, we're we're all living through the the days of uh, the coronavirus. Could we put together or suggest like... um, heavy metal COVID-19 soundtrack. And I, again, that was a question I think that was posted by our, by our friend Joey Mahoney. So I don't know if people just wanted to like riff on some songs that might uh, make for a good soundtrack. And then we could get into the more meatier questions.
3: <clears throat> uh, I wasn't prepared to do a soundtrack with the specific songs. I'll throw something out in a minute. Um, but I want to say that what I've been doing is, uh, unfortunately, I work in the healthcare field. And by the way, a shout out to all the heroes in the healthcare field. You guys are working uh, endless hours and, and doing a great job. Thank you for all of your efforts. And, and when I get a break, which isn't too often anymore, I, whatever I'm going to play, I have to be able to crank the crap out of it. So for example, a band like Primal Fear, I love Primal Fear because they hit you in the face with their songs. They're heavy, heavy riffs. So whatever I do when I get that five minute, but anyway, I, my point is I have to be able to crank it because I need to hit that hard. It can't be like a, an intro where I'm going to build up. It's got to be one of those songs where it just hits you with a riff. So that's yeah. what I look at because it's, just, it's important to get that out quickly. Yeah. Right on.
2: And, and 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 big ups to you, Colin, for all the work that you're doing as an essential employee. Uh, whereas maybe the rest of us are just kind of like, Hey, I'm living in an igloo and I kind of like it. Oh, thank you. You're, you're, you're on the road dealing with sick people all the time. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's, it's a uh, token of appreciation to you and, and all the folks who are out there on the road, you know, living in, uh, the dangerous times of I, I, the, the most dangerous thing I do is like go to Wawa for coffee.
0: You Dude, know I haven't even left the house.
1: <laughs> in how long now?
0: Since this started.
1: Really? Six not weeks, at all. Six once? weeks?
0: Well, no, I mean, I went to my office once to like pack out and I stopped at the store on the way home because the, the parking lot seemed kind of empty. But I haven't been anywhere other than home and like the park at the end of my street.
2: Shit, I was at Target today picking up makeup oh, sponges that's... for the wife. Makeup sponges? <laughs> Essential
0: products. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I,
4: look, I'm Just, not, not hey, anybody hey,
2: to judge. Hey, I, uh, I,
0: Colin hey. got all serious. I was gonna say Alone Again Naturally by
3: uh, <laughs> the song by the way is Fight the Fire. I had to look Fight it up. Sorry. It's nice. been a while. Fight the Fire by Primal Fear. I'm telling you, listen to it right now on, on the Spotify. It, it will it will make you jump out of your chair.
2: Okay. Right we're, on. Gonna, we're gonna post that and people will be able to like just listen to a jam and
3: I'm recalibrating though. Now that I
0: like uh, Colin is taking kind of the aggressive soundtrack Approach. I was going to take more of the approach of the soundtrack to the end of the world. He's taking the approach <laughs> of the soundtrack to the like the recovery and 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 you know,
2: or just f- fighting through the yeah, the, yeah. the whole sort of frustration. Yeah. And, and
1: anyone who's listened to the podcast could guess those were the roles you two would take. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could throw in uh, Dawkins
2: alone again, or Motley <laughs> Crue's "Home Sweet Home," or. Uh, House of
1: Pain by. Uh, You're just making a balance playlist.
2: Oh sure, yeah. Because, well,
1: the <laughs> sure. people are in their fields. You about can play. I shit. remember you, or you can. Play, <laughs> yeah,
0: I was. I was thinking. Not. I wasn't thinking. Docking. I was thinking. Gilbert O'Sullivan.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think putting together a perfect podcast for uh, these times would take a little more than uh, than on the fly. Uh, okay. I, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of a lot of older fringe hair metal clam mm. uh, okay. glam stuff pretty boy floyd and hanoi wow. rocks cool. uh, oddly enough i was listening to one of mike's recommendations tiger tails today which is which is not old um it's also not that good
4: crazy licks is
1: better uh but yeah i've been listening to some some sort of hair metal stuff okay
2: well maybe that's that's the idea Then it's like you know your your covid uh you know soundtrack is just like whatever the music that you need to
1: kind of get through the situation yeah i've been listening to podcasts more than i've been listening to music to be honest like it passes the time yeah scott what Um, have you been listening to uh
4: what have i been listening to uh metal related or not
2: oh it could be anything it could be anything
4: Maybe the whole pandemic got me in a very medieval mood, but I've been listening to a lot of medieval music. It's crazy as that sounds, <laughs> like, like war? like antique music, deeper, like deep. Yeah, no, uh, like magicals music. and stuff. Yeah, deep.
2: Armored Saint,
4: the way, way way back machine. Von Volkenstein? Von. Volkenstein? Oh, here we go
1: again. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, going okay, to talk, talk about a building that was built just for von Vogelstein.
0: No, that was Wagner, dude. <laughs>
1: all right okay so what what's what you joey it's a (laughs) non-answer
2: so what 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 drove you to that scott just the idea that it's kind of like it's unplugged and it's a time of plague in the middle ages
4: the time of plague is what started it and then uh because i've had you know a few cds on the shelf there and been trapped in the house as it were so just going through going through the racks and that was where i was today tomorrow halloween right
0: on
2: there you go (laughs) all right well i guess we could just pick up uh, another question that's maybe maybe kind of related to this because of course people aren't if there were record stores people would still not be able to go to them because they're not necessarily essential um businesses but uh Hollywood Dan from Seattle, Washington, uh, wants us to know, um, how do we listen to music? That is, do we use subscription services? Do we somehow just get the free version or the paid version? Do we just download a bunch of stuff onto terabytes, listen to CDs, vinyl, no, no, nobody would do that. No, no, not as he says here it's like he says he's terrible at organizing folders and drives but feels like a sucker renting uh that is all of his favorite albums that is through those subscription services so mm, um we, we don't we, did, we don't have a sequence here but i'm looking at one we could just start with david and work that
0: out well, I, I uh i'm an apple music subscriber Mostly because it's cheap and easy. You know, their rules are a little loose. Uh, I think you pay for six simultaneous users so you can be logged in in like 15 computers. Right. Um, it works easy with like the smart speakers we got in the house, but, um, and that I do, that's like my, my, my idiot tax, you know what I mean? That I pay every month. Um, What's what's the cost there, David? Ten bucks? It's $14.99 for the family plan. It's five ninety nine for the individual plan. But my credit union bumps me back ten bucks on that, so I'm paying six bucks a month for unlimited music everywhere. And That's like cool. I said, it's it, If I had to pay the full price, I may switch. But uh, you know, not that I'm banging the drum for Apple per se. I tried to go to Spotify because I like their interfa- interface a lot better. I think they're, you know, they look nicer. They're easier to use, but their version of the family plan is you pay for six licenses or whatever, and each one has to be a, attached to a different email address, and it's like it's a hassle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the 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 Apple one is easy, but um, like I said, I call it like it's idiot tax because I need at any given time, at any given day, place, whatever, I get a song stuck in my head and I need it. I've got 2 3000 CDs somewhere in the house that I could go find it but I can't carry that <laughs> stuff around with me everywhere I go. Right. And you know when iPods first came out I was like great, let me get the biggest one they make and put every record I own on it. And, and then you're
2: like all the way through B or C and it's and like it's oh okay. Well, yeah. got exactly. all the ABBA and Accept.
0: And now and that they're dead. Deadlands. Now <laughs> that they're dead, I have all that on these two hard drives here that i pulled uh, out of them <laughs> um cool. but anyway no i mean i think i think this personally this is and i don't I, I don't judge i think the subscription subscription services are worth the money not having to drag out a lot of the cds and the records i have they're they're out of print or they're hard to find or they're first issue no. i don't want those in my car like the cds i have in my car right now are destroyed yeah I mean, they're the scuffed cases to are hell. Done, they're stepped on all that crap um so it's a for bar me, coaster for whatever it is six bucks seventy two dollars a year i spend more money on that than you know i spend more than that on coffee or other things that that give me pleasure so i don't really have a beef with the subscription services yeah um could i turn it off and go back to whatever sure i could um but you know i kind of like my collection I like to keep it a little cherry
2: for sure yeah what what, what, what do you think there john i'm just going
1: like yeah, I, I think I'm a Tell bit of you. all of the above. Uh, like David, I've got Apple Music and Spotify. I, I, you know, Apple Music's got great uh, exclusive stuff. They have some cool right. shows, but like Lars Ulrich's got a show where he has other musicians on and, and talks to them and things like that. For a company that is as design concerned as Apple is, the interface for Apple Music sucks ass. It's awful. Like, it's just, it's just not good. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just think it's poorly put together. Like, it's not the easiest way to find things. Like David said, Spotify is very simple. Like, it's very easy. It's well-organized. They have good playlists that are on there. Um, for a long time, they had more users. I think Apple does now, actually. But I, I just, I don't know. Like, Apple yeah. stuck by... The iTunes way of doing things for way too long when that was a garbage layout as well, and they're just—I don't—I don't know. For a company that spends as much money as it does on doing things the right way, iTunes and Apple Music are not really done the right way. I feel. Um, I still have a ton of CDs, like David said, out of print stuff, and I like. Uh, the, we talked about rock candy records and, and mm-hmm. the deluxe versions that they've been putting out of, uh, a lot of good metal records. I like those. I had vinyl for a while, but I got out of it. Um, they just take up too much space and they're too heavy. And the stuff that I want to get, even if it's reissue stuff, I don't want to pay 39 for a copy of ride the lightning. Like, sure you know what i mean it's and i get it i get that vinyl is expensive i get that it's a physical media that that is a fringe market now even though it keeps growing or had a resurgence it's too expensive for one record like it's just Mm -hmm. not I, i don't know and and just the amount of space it took so i sort of i got rid of most of my vinyl but uh i guess that's my answer cds and streaming
2: cool cool
1: uh, did, uh, did follow up on your point, John. Like I, I used to have a, a
2: an Apple subscription, um, but it, as as David does too. But uh, whenever I would want to like listen to a, a full album, it would just it, it, it would just play the first song, and then you'd have to like you'd have to go and then you'd have to press the next song. Is it does it still
1: do that? Was I just I doing know. something? I I you got some problem there yeah i don't it doesn't do that i just i just don't think it's put together well they don't have good managed playlists the way spotify does yeah Uh, they're just lagging behind in certain things i don't know
2: anyhow that that was the thing that just kind of turned me off and it was just kind of like yeah you could only play one song at a time and then you have to manually press the button again to get to the next song Um, but, uh, let's, let's turn to Colin. Colin, what, what are you doing to like, get your music into your ears?
3: Well, I've, I've talked about in the previous podcasts, how much vinyl and CDs and things are are in my house. So literally sitting on a treasure trove of music and, uh, As you know, it's my business and flipping that over, cleaning it up, flipping it over and selling it to the people that want to buy it is is what I do. And I I myself have an enormous collection of music and I think it's because I want to own, there's something about, I love the word, I love this question because Hollywood Dan said renting. I, I I love that concept because I have Spotify as well. It's five bucks a month and I, I use it for when I'm traveling at times in, in the car and such. Um, but I've got cases of uh, the CDs in my car as well, mixes that I've made. And I, I love the idea of renting it because you really are renting it. There's, to me, there's a more of a connection when you can open up a CD. I was doing it today at work when I had a few minutes on conference calls, to be honest. Hopefully my employer is not listening. And I would... Uh, or not. <laughs> and I would, and but when you, because you can read the liner notes, you can see how it was laid out and how it was designed. You can pick up, and, and I think if you're really into music, as we all are. You you want that you want that connection and I see what what Hollywood Dan is saying. If you have those those pieces, as as um, David was pointing out, you can go to his collection. He's got his his three thousand sitting in his house. If he if you pull that out, David, I'm sure there's a connection. You can remember when you bought a lot of that stuff. And you, know, you when I crack it. those CDs open from the very, especially like the imports. I would save the little like.
0: Japanese cards that would overlay on the spines Absolutely, they're tap they're stuck in there exactly and
3: I, right. and, I, and I can see over Scott's shoulder I imagine that's all it's either books or music I can't quite tell Scott but uh, obviously you're a collector as well of items and I think it's because again you want to be able to you want to be able to see it feel it touch it get to get to know it now admittedly there is a point there's a point where all mm-hmm. of us I think have to say as we get older okay how many thousands of these things do I need and so maybe you're going to start to wean out some of the stuff Even more you, you know <laughs> you don't listen to um but my my preferred way ever since i was a, a young man is to own it and be able to say that i i've i've become uh really used to seeing it and, and know it and
4: i can i can uh, feel a connection to it
2: mm-hmm. well, what, what do you got to say to that scott
4: yeah to follow colin's point uh, that it's a, it is about the, f- the physical nature of owning it um and so i have cds and vinyl for the most part and that was a great point. You can kind of remember where you bought some of this stuff. And another thing, if people come over and you know you're doing a little listening session, it's all there on the racks, and kind of people can explore rather than because I don't have a subscription service, so I wasn't sure how that would work. But you know the you know going on however thirty something years of collecting, and really that's that's the main word for me because. Rochester has some really good record stores. And, you know, I re- that's what I'm really missing during the pandemic is going over to Record Archive and just spending an afternoon, just going through, grabbing some stuff, buying some stuff, coming home, breaking it open and listening to it. But uh, the, the other point is uh, new vinyl is just too expensive, 30, $40, it's just, it's out of control for what some of the record labels are doing these days yeah
2: um but but again you you could see how that's like a a market that that works for for people of our generation who want to i don't know you don't necessarily need to like buy every thirty dollar you know i don't know what what how many grams they got in the vinyl there but every, every every once in a while i'll get like the i'll get the new arcade fires on vinyl i'll get the new modest mouse on on um on vinyl. And I know those aren't metal bands, but when you listen, when you really want to listen to a record and do it right, then that's, that's what, that's what you put on. Um, but I, I do have like a bunch of old scratchy, uh, you know, uh, you know, LPs of, uh, of, of, of uh, you know, my favorite metal records that I've only recently sort of like, you know, been able to like get from like eBay and stuff. But when, 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 when we were kids, um, Listening to metal, cassettes were the thing. You didn't, you know, LPs were available, but they weren't portable. Um, you know, you wanted to take the music in yep. your boombox to the beach, you know, to, to you know, into the neighborhood or, or just, you know, put it into your car when you were, uh, you know, when you were of age and you had your tape deck and stuff. And I always think like the medium is always kind of like a generational question because uh, I'll talk to my students nowadays and they own like no records like they don't collect they don't have cds they don't have you know Clearly, they don't have cassettes or eight tracks Rootless A-tracks
0: Cosmopolitan's, or Dr. Stamps, rootless cosmopolitans.
2: Well, yeah, but but that's 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 the nature of uh, of the technology too. It's like why would you why would you have like a like a Tom Tom in your car and a digital camera in your in your uh, fanny pack when it's like it's all here?
0: Yeah, you know. Well, so I'll, I'll tell you though, Michael, I I hand cranked my Victrola this week. And threw on some seventy eights, and I am dead serious about that.
2: <laughs> well, David, that were you also putting on some like mustache wax and took, got it your took, silk it, top yeah, I hat out? It up.
0: I, I had, I, you know, that's I awesome. Needed, needed to turn the volume down, so I closed one of the doors.
2: Yeah, no, that's again. Um, maybe again, it says something about our generation and, and our uh, affection for music and, and and all the various ways that you can kind of. Uh, uh, experience it, um, but a- again, I think we, we all agree that um, the, the the physical object is is always something that. It, you, your, your memories are in that. I, again, we, whenever we, we started our collections back in high school and stuff, you had the one album that you got and you read the liner notes over and over and over again. You looked at all the pictures in the J card um, and, or, or if you had the, uh, the LP and stuff. And I think th- those things kind of like ingrain your, you know, with the conversation we had before is like you don't really buy the album because you're into the single which is, again, I think what, what all these streaming services tend to uh, promote is just kind of like, just add it to your playlist and it's in there. And it's just another sort of like drive through listening session.
0: Do any of you do the, uh, the Pandora follow your interests thing? Not, not
2: anymore, I, I but, but like, it. but like no, 10 years,
0: awful. when when it, when it first came
2: online, I think it was, it, 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 it I'll, I'll tell you a story here. Like, um, Back when I when I first started uh, here, when I first moved here to Del Delval, uh, 2007 or so, you know, I just put on Pandora because it would just—I didn't have any music uh, that wasn't uh, already packed up in boxes and stuff. So when I was working, I'd play that, and it's like, huh, let's play some Rat, and then then it just like then it plays some Dokken. Oh, then it plays some you know Pretty Boy Floyd or what have you. It's like, all right look
0: at this it's and then, like and then it realized that you like crappy music
2: ah uh, ah <laughs> uh, yeah that's right it that's and 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 in, and in truth is like that was like a very enjoyable experience it it, it took the whole sort of like you know job racking sort of business of like well, what cd am i going to pull out of the archives here but uh again i i i, I think we, we all kind of made the point though that uh you know i i I do the amazon uh, unlimited music that's that's the one i use because they just have like a incredibly uh sort of expansive sort of catalog and you know you just press play and you got the whole album going which again was not my experience with with apple music and it's 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 really remarkable you you can basically and, and to uh hollywood dan's point too like you can find everything for free the full album on youtube that's that's where I, I share all of my forgotten metal albums here or the, the rack uh, yep. gut raccoon picks. You can just go on Amazon, you can just get this shit for free. Hmm. Um there's 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 so and, and again if you want to own it, you could download it. You just you have to be a little bit more sophisticated in how you like maintain your files. You know, one file for metal, and then you just dump all of your uh you know your your sound files into that and then play them. Or put them up on your, uh, on your iPod. How about that? Or your Zoom. People still got the Zune?
3: There's no <laughs> Zoom. <Zunes. laughs>
2: that was a thing. Oh, uh, all right. All right. Oh, we got, well, oh, I think oh, yeah. I think we, 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 we did that one pretty well.
3: The cursor is on number five. Do you mind if we jump to that one? Sure. Go for it, Colin. Because this, this, to me, is a great question from Brian Cat McCulloch. I hope I pronounced that correctly. That's Dr. Um, Death and his wife. Oh. Okay, well, there you go. Okay. I, think
2: they, I think they share an account. That's why yeah. it's
1: hyphenated. Oh. Ah, okay. I, I thought maybe do. it was
3: just a uh, you know, progressive guy, Brian Catt.
1: Um You know, accounts are free on Facebook.
3: <laughs> just
1: saying. <laughs> yeah, but... It doesn't cost all right you
3: that editorial know. for so facebook doc, dr you. death is a cool guy
1: <laughs> weird i
3: no, saw him he, 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 death we no,
2: have him at the bathroom no no Br- brian's always uh you know stimulating some some good conversation and adds good content so colin go yeah, ahead with easy this question for you man.
1: to say michael April
2: stance uh, uh, <laughs> that that is that is not a, that's not a thing it's not <laughs> a thing
3: today's helping of sarcasm is brought to you from austin texas <laughs> Uh, the question here, or the, the comment, and then into the question, there seems to be a production quality discussions during your listening parties. Do you think production quality can make or break an album across all genres? Absolutely, it Holy does. Crap, yeah. um, to me, it, it, as I, I'll tell you this, as I age, as I am now middle-aged and getting older, as I, as I became more aware and mature in what I was listening, the production of an album mattered more and more because I've, mm-hmm. i over the years i started to have you know how when you're younger you start to you pick a, you pick a few things you start to learn them I and it could be anything it could be music it could be movies it could be whatever as you age and you start to see a much broader picture the production is what matters to me matters more than most things because it really truly shows the quality and the and the intent and and the the drive that went into putting something together i was watching that uh, beastie boys movie i was talking about that with john And they're talking about the time they spent with Rick Rubin, who I think is probably, if not the greatest producer, one of the greatest producers of all time. And I've I've got most of his stuff that he did with Johnny Cash and Kid Rock and some other guys and Slayer, of course. And I'll tell you what, when you listen to those Johnny Cash records that he had had something to do with, it blows you away, the quality of that production. So I really think without a doubt, Dr. Death, absolutely, no matter what you're listening to, how it was produced and put together and arranged etc and the quality of that makes all the difference
2: okay yeah. we got any ca- got any counterpoints to the there's, to nah,
0: there's
3: there's straight up records
0: i will not listen to i don't care how good they are if the production is bad um, and not only that there there are records that i of music and genres that I either don't particularly like or didn't think I would like, but I listened to because of the production. Like I straight up remember hearing, "Um, please hammer, don't hurt him." The production on that record is really freaking good and cranked through like a pumping system. Like I had in the late eighties, man, (laughs) people would come over and we would listen to music and I'm like, you got to hear this. And the snare, the, the, the kick and the snare on can't touch this is awesome right um two live (laughs) crews record came out and it's just like the kick drums on that record sound like somebody dropped a dump truck onto a pile of tires it's just like (laughs) it sounds so good and if you've got a decent stereo in your car it sounded awesome and i was already into hip hop but some of the production that came around in the late 80s across many genres um was phenomenal and guys who were producers previously who became artists like um uh who was it obp guys uh, naughty by nature right they had all spent a lot of time as producers before they became artists yep. and that first record oh, yeah. they put out is bomb is so good and when from kind of from like the mid to late 80s forward somebody put out a record and if it wasn't if it was on a cassette And it kind of captured what live felt like, but it sounded crappy. It was all, I could do that. But if it was in a studio and sounded like crap, like, I just, I can't, I can't get past it. And I am sure that there's a lot of good bands I never got into because their production sucked.
1: Yeah. The flip side of that is I think there are albums that I have listened to more, like you said, because of the production, like, like the Boston records sound fucking incredible like I don't like Steely Dan that much but Steely Dan's records are immaculately produced Uh, Electric Light Orchestra same thing Um,
0: I was just listening to Boston this week for that exact reason
1: I mean dude those Boston records I think are are amongst the pinnacle of that Uh, the Beach Boys too yeah. I took took a, a very you know the the smile stuff that Brian Wilson released later on and mm-hmm. things like Pet Sounds, um, mm-hmm. uh, they're a true benchmark of.
0: I tell of, people all the time: listen to the first drum hit in "Wouldn't It Be Nice," and you're yep. just like,
3: mm-hmm, "Who would have mm-hmm. thunk
0: that?" Like literally a single drum hit, you're just like, "Oh,
1: yeah, I." Wait. I they're great. I mean, I think uh, you know the second part of that question that Brian asked. He said, "You know, do, does it matter? Does it really matter for death metal and grindcore records?" My answer to that is maybe. Yes. I, I don't know. I think that stuff sounds like shit anyway, so I don't care how well it's produced. Growling is growling.
3: Yeah. But I, I but, uh, but I think there is a way of still producing the growl that sure. is that is better than shitty ways of producing the yeah, growl.
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean. Uh, there's good production and bad for everything, right? So,
2: what, what do you got to say, Scott, on that? The 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 production quality of a record, uh, determining like its overall, you know,
4: uh, excellence. Incredibly important, but I would I would kind of bring the first question back, because um, you could have records that were well produced when they were made, but then you go back to the '80s when they were first transferred to CD. Some of those transfers were really really bad and mm-hmm. things just sound totally thin and tinny. Yeah. So that's where vinyl becomes important for me because if a CD never gets remastered, if you can at least get the original pressing of vinyl. You're, you're a step ahead production-wise because some of those transfers are just garbage. Yeah. Or the XDR cassette. Hey, true.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what you like. Getting to the getting to the end of that question though, those grind. You listen to those those really heavy records. You listen to the carcass, for the carcass's first record, which was essentially an EP, and their second record, and the production quality jumped substantially. You listen to Terrorizer, um, World Downfall, I think is the name of the record, and. The thing that you can really make out in that is, is Pete Sandoval's drums. You hear like all of these like super intricate things he's doing that draws you in, but the muddiness of the guitars kind of shipwrecks that record. And the same is true of Carcass. If you listen to their second record and you get into them and you figure out what they're doing, then you can kind of go back a little bit and decipher their first record. But it's a lot of work. It's a whole lot of work. So like the, the second side, they released, you know, both their first two, first two records on one CD. Um, and the second record is good <laughs> if you're into that kind of stuff. But to make that really super heavy stuff clean, you got to know what you're doing. And there's a lot of people don't know what to do.
2: So I'm, I'm going to rub the dogs fur the wrong way here and, and kind of suggest that uh, they're, they're... – there's something about metal and it's, it's early, early sort of like, you know, do it yourself sort of ethic and it's, it's downtrodden sort of like low budget, uh, ethic and aesthetic where you think about like the first black Sabbath record 50 years ago, 200 bucks, maybe three days in the studio, really crude because that was what was available. Um, And and, and, or you you think of records like uh, the the, the first couple Venom albums, and we would all say that they're fucking garbage can production. But that's that's also kind of like part of their charm, too, is the sense that without that, there'd be nothing. You know, we we there there is a sort of like a, a high benchmark with you know with with the Boston digital recordings and stuff, or anything that Mutt Lang or or, or Rick Rubin can can do too, but uh, I think back about uh, to Chuck Shoulder and like the idea like we would just as he said like they would just like tape trade based on recordings that they had done on a boom box where they just put in a blank cassette and pressed record so there's no mixing table there's no engineering it's just kind of like raw unfiltered garbagey noise um which again like i said just just to to stroke the dogs for the wrong way is just kind of like that's that's part of metal too is that i i remember too like first listening to uh uh the, the debut record of uh iron maiden like when I was in eighth grade and there's like a false note or like a little feedback little glitch that shows up within the first like three seconds. And I was just endeared to that. It's like, <laughs> this is like, it, it, it's just like the little, little sort of like screech. And it's like, yeah, that's the, again, it's like, it, it's, it's the reason why these guys don't wear like freshly pressed brand new blue denim it's like it's rugged it's torn up it's a little raggedy um so again just give give the other side of it too Um, and again to 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 brian's point too as far as death metal and grindcore um maybe again to john's point too it's like if it if it sounds like shit and it's produced by you know lang I, i i don't know i don't know how much you know studio wizardry he can do uh but but again i think that there is there's an amazing sort of story i think to be told too about the bands who were able to like get their albums produced in a particular way so that they were uh palatable on fm radio you know we could just use the example we talked about last week from like rats first uh um you know ep f- and 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 the, the version of uh, back for more that's on that and compare that with the Bo hill production on out of the cellar it's like whoa it has like jumped uh, a, a kind of quantum leap and it's all about the money that is invested in producing a product yeah. not to get too
4: marxist because on you because i think that record was at sound city they made that Mm-hmm. which is out in California. There was a David Grohl documentary a few years back about the studio. Yep. And uh, oh, Dio's sure. Holy, Di- Holy Diver was produced there too. And mm-hmm. after seeing the documentary, I went back to those records. And, and like you were saying, Michael, it's like the money buys a certain studio that some bands just don't have access to. Yeah. 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 And yeah. But I mean, Dave some bought those, the board.
0: Yeah. I mean, some, yeah. of, those, some of that though is like you, you take a great recording of a bad band and it just shows you how bad they are you know what i mean <laughs> and true you know, like, but, but, I, but, but, but like wait. i was talking to john like i got a copy of uh, the last starfighter on blu-ray like in the 599 bin at best buy or something and i was like awesome it's on blu-ray and i put it on and i'm like holy crap this looked yeah. really good on vhs <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> because you, you, vhs kind of like <laughs> rounded out some of the lines you know it's like <laughs> It looked really bad, you know, and I think that there's some, there's some balance of, you know, you take a band like early, like you look at that grunge scene, they captured the rawness, but in some cases, it's a really high quality recording of a manufactured gritty sound, like in the case of Mudhoney like where they went and bought like expensive old guitars and expensive old amps, or maybe they had them or acquired them, but there's no, there's, you're not really splitting hairs on that. Where some, some bands who listened to that sound, they said, Oh, we want to get this gritty sound. So they made crappy recordings of crappy music and it sounded crappy and they're surprised. There's gotta be a balance of like what Chuck was doing with like literally lightning in a bottle and the recording sucked, but you could tell it was good.
2: Yeah, and and again, I th- I think you know that's that's the, the sort of thing that you're always aware of too. You can you can listen to uh, a really bad record, um, but you listen to it for like the really interesting um, or effective sort of like studio production of it, and it's like that's that's great that but it's it's ultimately just like polishing a turd because you're not you know you're not gonna you're not that. gonna you're not going to enjoy it in and, and, and some ways like you know we'll, we'll always say like one of our favorite kiss records is
3: oh, kiss reference
2: <laughs> hotter than hell <laughs> yeah. right and and Hotter Purpusing than hell is like recorded
0: it, to sound bad
2: it is like a it, it is like produced in a dumpster yeah. um but but, that, but that's 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 part of its fucking charm too i i don't want totally like agree. some slick ass sort of like you know uh, electric ladyland version of, of that record to ever exist yeah
0: like um, the first three ween records done on a four track sound better see yeah than again
2: ween. so so again i think it, to go back to hollywood dan's question here uh, No, that wasn't hollywood dan that Rime was the that was brian um dr death um it's it's always something to consider when you when you put the the needle down or you press play on the cd or you just you listen to spotify you're 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 not listening to just uh you know the performers and their various instruments the vocalists you're listening to like the you know the fifth member the, the george martins somebody else who's like making this into uh you know the sort of plush product uh that it needs to be to like you know be suitable for mass production or mass consumption that is um but like i listen to like all sorts of like trashy old records and I'm, like oh if these guys had like a bow hill or a, or a mutt lang They'd they could be have sadly
0: over equipped
2: they could have they, well, they could, <laughs> this shit or, or, or they they or they could have gone platinum it's just, you know, one of those things like Tiger Tails from 1987.
0: There used to be, know. Michael, there used to be an advertisement <laughs> for, a, for a hockey gear company. And it was like this fancy pair of skates. And it said something like, it'll make, you know, the great better. It'll make the average good. And it'll make the <laughs> bad sadly over-equipped. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We've yeah, all
0: been in those situations where somebody, you know, somebody asks you if you can, like, if you can help them with something and what they want help with is just literally a turd and you can imagine somebody got like mutt lang's number and they're like hey this is mutt lang
2: yeah it's it's, it again it's um yeah there's there there, there has to be that sort of balance in 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 a way too otherwise you are just kind of like throwing a lot of money at it again to, to john's reference again to like Pretty Boy Floyd, like the, those dudes were like signed in the late 80s to a million dollar contract and they never got on MTV. They never got on mm-hmm. the radio. But, uh, that, but that was just what uh, you know the, the market was throwing money at at that particular point. So this comes from I Love Oro on IG. Um, there are a lot of underrated metal bands like Slaughter and Wasp. For example, uh, what are the most underrated metal bands in your opinion? Let's, let's start with Scott. We'll like reverse tide here. Like we're in the Southern hemisphere.
4: It's a, I like the question and the way you kind of ask the question shows how much subjectivity <laughs> is involved here. Oh, you, yeah. you, <laughs> you <laughs> Slaughter is perfectly rated. <laughs> yeah, well, perfect, Rated just properly. Yeah. So um, I kind of thought of this question in two ways, kind of bands that were underrated back in the day, And then bands that were kind of underrated more recent some more recent metal bands are they underrated because metal culture isn't what it is and then there's always the utterly disregarded bands so kind of the way i approached the question was back in the day i always felt like annihilator never got their just due Mm. that's a good one good band I i felt like that band could hang with the rest of them but they just had a different singer when they were in their prime years, they just kept going through singers. They get some headbangers ball airplay, but they never, never quite, never quite made the conversation.
2: Alice in Hell, that was like a, like a great record that came out there late 80s and stuff uh terrible song title but anyhow but yeah but they 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 were they were a great band and they're, they're still around it turns out mm-hmm. uh, i think they just they just put out a, a record recently so
3: and their stuff has been really strong the last five four or five releases it's it's good yeah. good stuff
2: yeah which so, so so if we're we're asking uh you know what are some other underrated bands and stuff um Colin, what what do you have to say in terms of bands that maybe that people have overlooked or didn't give their proper due in the, in their time?
3: Well, we did an episode on progressive metal, and I always think that the progressive metal bands, for some reason, as a group like Halloween and Dream Theater and such, they never seem to get a lot of love. People know that they're out there. And I, they have a following. I, it, it's interesting. If you look at our, I think we, you were on episode 48. Now, we, of course, mention Kiss every time. But if you, <laughs> listen, if you put a compilation of all of our episodes, we mention Halloween a lot. They're not like we don't talk about them. But right. if you go out to a group and you, and you interview 100 people, you're not going to find any that list Halloween, more than likely, list Halloween as their favorite band or maybe even a top five. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I used to do some work to support Dream Theater when I was with Roadrunner uh, doing the, the uh, grassroots stuff. People like there's a strong following, but I think the, the progressive bands just seem to miss the mainstream. And, I, and it's a shame because there's a lot of really strong musical stuff. But I'm going to throw out one more before my turn is over that I think has always had an asterisk next to its name. I think Megadeth gets a bum rap sometimes. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed when we talk about the big four or when you talk about the best bands ever, Megadeth drops. It doesn't get into that top elite mm-hmm. layer. And I think it's because of that, that connection of, of the way David left uh, and, and ended up in Megadeth. And I just think there's something, there's something there that will always keep the general public having a little tiny asterisk next to their name. And I think it's a shame because their catalog is strong.
2: You you, you you make a strong point there too, Colin. And, um, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm guilty as charged of that too, where I think of, you know, Megadeth has always been like the Dave Mustaine band. Um, and, and, and again, he, he puts out, puts out great, strong stuff all the time. Um, we could maybe return to that when we come to the question, I think that appears at the end in terms of mm-hmm. the, you know, the big four, um, but, again, yeah, prog rock, it, it very niche-y, right? It's, um, it, it doesn't get a lot of uh, mainstream sort of play. People aren't always completely, uh, you know, fan-crazy about it. it. It tends to attract mostly male audiences. It's nerdy. Um, but, uh, again, like, just go to a Rush concert. Well, you can't anymore, but, you know, it's... 89 for 90 98% dudes um john what, what do you got to say here in terms of like underrated bands besides tiger tails <laughs> um or or, do you have, or thoughts about slaughter in general
1: well, yeah, well i think slaughter is okay uh i i prefer benny Vincent invasion honestly uh but Oh, yeah. we 've talked about the smaller bands that I like that uh that just never grabbed the brass ring including dawkin i you know they were right there and then uh they just never got over the hill uh or over the hump maybe uh I, white lion y and t uh bands I really like that just never you know they they each had a hit or two. And that was that, um, mm-hmm. but they're a bigger band to me, um, even Queensryche to an extent.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that goes into to Colin's sort of uh, conversation about prog rock, you know, they did fine with, with Silent Lucidity, but it was almost like come and gone, you know, it was, uh, and for a band that has such strong records leading up to Empire, I don't even think Empire's that good. Um, but the records that that precede that are great, and uh, I don't know. I, they, you know, they got a little, they got a little sunshine on them for uh, for Operation Mindcrime. But outside of that, not much. And uh, I think they're super talented. Um, of bands currently, I love Coheed and Cambria. Um, also, a band that's not super popular. They headline, but they headline smaller gigs. I, I don't know. Hmm. What do you got
2: to say, David? In terms of uh, underrated metal bands, yeah, would it, you would you consider Wasp to be underrated?
0: I think they've just. I don't think they're underrated. I think they are, and we could do a whole episode on bands that everybody respects, but never is going to be the main stage band. And Wasp they're was not. At, they're, Wasp is yeah. was at the top of that list. Um, yeah. I think they are well respected, and I think I think they get everything coming to them except. Ticket and record sales. They're a great <laughs> band. Um, and I think that their audience loves them. And I think that other musicians love them. And I think that they just, it never came together. They're, um, they're kind of on the same tier as Twisted Sister, except for that flash of fame, mm-hmm. um, where everybody respects them. Everybody, they're grinders. They write good records. They do good shows, um, but just never popped um but on my list my list is always going to be the heavier bands right coroner and celtic frost i think because they're heavier they don't get the they don't get the deep listen you know they're very very deep bands um you know celtic frost is is probably the most accurate description of them is avant-garde metal and yeah, yeah. very thoughtful and very heady i mean they Tom warrior wrote a mass essentially, you know what I mean? And they're just getting that divinal. Now he just finally put it all together. That's a long game, man. That's, and it's like, not to keep banging the drum for just one band, but you know, I think about entombed. I think about obituary. Um, I think about the non-popular, but very thoughtful records of even bands like Metallica. Like I've got St. Anger in the same, like I, I've got like a heavy writing playlist that's got like Obituaries, World Demise, and Tomb's Wolverine Blues, and St. Anger's on that list, and Triptychon's first two records, which is, mm. you know, the new Celtic, new version of Celtic Frost. The last Celtic Frost record, Monotheist, is like the heaviest record they ever put out. Um, but I think that records like St. Anger, at first, the second, third listen, they're aggressive, they're hard to hear, but you gotta get Below the surface and listen to what's going on there. Some people just can't get past the snare drum on that record, you know. And I can only half blame them. There's a YouTube that somebody went and and replaced yep. the drums on that that whole record. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was. Go ahead, Scott.
4: I was just going to say I was going to mention Saint Anger when we were talking about production. The mm. when you said the infinite infamous, infamous snare drum, <laughs> the inexplicable snare drum.
0: It's like somebody bringing an infant to a concert. <laughs> um yeah but
2: metallica is not necessarily an underrated band no, per se but, I think that but they're, maybe they're maybe like a
0: bipolar band where they've got like all of the attributes of metallica exist in all of their records but there's a point at which they become inaccessible and they fall into that under underrated. Like I'm sure there's probably yeah. records that I hate by Metallica that people would say the same exact thing to me. Like that I need to look, give it a second or third listen. Like a bunch of those load and reload. I never listen to those records. Some but of the, Anger, some, some,
2: some of the tracks on there are really dope, though. It's
0: exactly what I'm saying. It's exactly what I'm saying. It's like they are for me a very black and white band that yeah. sometimes they sound like Ride the Lightning and sometimes they sound like St. Anger to
2: everybody. Sometimes they sound like rock Talica, you know, <laughs> instead of Metallica.
0: But for me, that that St. Anger record and probably some other records of theirs fall into that kind of like heavy, aggressive category that I really like that doesn't catch on with a lot of other people. So I, I they're kind of potentially a bridge to some of these other bands, I think.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and I know in, in terms of like these what we what we call underrated i think is always sort of like one of those uh those sort of like lodestone terms in metal culture it's because i think we're we're always like such fans of the music and the culture that like our favorite bands are always sort of like underdogs and we, we root for them and we we want them to get like the respect and the fame and the notoriety and maybe the money um that the the bigger bands get and we we know how this works right because we've we've read the circus magazines and the hit parade or we watch mtv and we're like where the fuck is armored saint how come there's no armored saint on mtv they're a great band they got great songs um so in in terms of that as far as a band that like was you know basically you know from the very beginning from you know metal massacre one um all the way until you know you know uh, john bush left for for uh uh for anthrax armored Saint has always been for me like one of those great sort of like under underrated bands john already mentioned like y and t and y and t yeah they they put out great albums is, is it is it their fault that they don't write a pop single <laughs> you know to to get on mtv and they, they they dabbled with that and they had like the summertime girls and the, 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 the don't stop running and stuff but uh
0: i'll add uh prong to that list and lost society <laughs> add prong you
2: you you could basically because because i think when we use the term underrated it might be a little bit overused uh when when you refer to bands like slaughter and wasp and say that they're underrated it's like no they're not like people know who fucking slaughter is i saw them open for kiss you know uh people people know people know who wasp is because wasp was like they they, we, we were there too yeah for the asylum tour um Lost for, for like a long time was like the most notorious metal band in the land. You know, they, they couldn't get airplay, uh, but you know, they definitely got a lot of attention. Um, but uh, so I'll, I'll just conclude with that. Like the, the whole idea of like, what's uh, what's underrated is like, that's everything else. It's everything below Bon Jovi. Like, you know, check, check, check out my big file of under or, or forgotten metal bands. Like they didn't have a good producer, they didn't have a good manager. They put out one or two albums, and they're 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 not very good.
0: They just plain suck.
2: But, but maybe they suck because they didn't have you know the, the the capital behind them, or they didn't have the right connections. They they're the they're all underrated. They what could Some have bands been?
0: just never had the opportunity to suck.
2: That's true, you know, on, on a on a broad scale. So, uh, on that note, we'll, uh, you want to switch into the, to the next question? What do we got? How about dealer's choice? Scott, what do you got? You want to like, you got one of these questions that's like gnawing in your brain.
4: Ah, uh, let's see. What's the very basic, but I think great question. Favorite guitar riff. That Ooh. could keep us busy for a while. Okay. That was from Tim on IG. Okay. I'll be right back.
2: Michael, (laughs) so
3: I did that question. He's leaving.
0: (laughs) No
2: No comment. I'm listening to the question. I could, I can still hear you guys. I got to get the cat. The cat's out in the garage. Hold on a second.
3: Okay. (laughs) Well, Michael gets his cat. Scott, why don't you start off? (laughs) You and your
4: euphemisms. (laughs) Uh, That's great. (laughs) What is a family show? So, I I wrote a lot for this so I don't want to I don't want to monopolize it. Uh, a couple of my notes are any merciful fate riff on their first two records or tornado of souls by megadeth. Um but if it came to it, if I had to pick one it would probably be any riff from the 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 song the oath by merciful fate off their second record. Wow. I can I can go back to that one anytime and just be stunned with the rhythm guitar work on that record
3: interesting and tornadoes of tornado of souls is a great song yeah and, and that that riff is is heavy but that's a lot of love for merciful fate we don't we don't talk about them much i think we should go back real quick and put them in the underrated band Bad category, perhaps that's Bad production okay you know actually you know i think there is a I, I have one other albums i've listened to i think it is the oath and you're right i think the production is that is off on that one to some degree mm-hmm. interesting scott
0: Mm. All right, David. Um, you know what? Mine can change every single day of the week. And I'm yeah. dead serious about this because it is a blessing and a curse that I've got a, I've got a good memory uh, <laughs> that every day, any room I walk into, any scene change, some I hate to describe it this way, there's a song in my head. Everything I do, all day and it's not always the same. So, uh, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but you know, right now, if you would have said to me, what guitar riff would you blast if the kids weren't asleep? It would be the first track on quickness by bad brains. That's the mood I'm in right now. Right. Where HR is. (laughs) And it just. And then Dr. No kicks in with this killing heavy riff. Another day, as I mentioned, uh, I'm not a huge fan of CKY, um, but the guitar riff for 96 Quite Bitter Beings is killer. It's like great use of effects, phenomenal product. Like they're just tied in, really great production. Um, but, you know, I think about Peace Cells. Like there's days I'm just in the car and I'm like, crap, I need to hear Peace Cells, man. I need to hear that bass line, that do, 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 You know, it used to be on the, on the MTV uh the the, the yep. drops right MTV for years yeah you're right For years and it's like <laughs> it's such a perfect little riff um but you know those lasting riffs like I remember like I said you know I've, I've told you this before I you know I went to school for music I was I was uh, I took composition classes things like yep. that and you think about just the simplest rules for writing a melody, right? It's singable. It's short enough to be memorable and it's good. You know, it's got, it's got some, some rules about how you rate how you create a melody. That's going to, that's going to fit into those parameters. And man, I mean little things like that, or um, you know, something stupid like crash course in brain surgery, you know, mm-hmm. you think about like, Again, like that bass, not usually the front of the of the of the band, uh, particularly the the cover of that, right? Mm-mm. You know, it's for me uh, as growing up as as kind of a nerd kid. A lot of times, it's the novelty of a riff, um, but uh, and sometimes it's a, it's a drum riff. Right. Sometimes it's, it's, it's yep. the, it's not just the melodic riff. It's the drum riff. I forget what the, um, what the tune is. It's the, it's like the fourth track on uh desk canning the insalubrious by carcass, really great drum riff that starts. Oh, I know song. that
2: one. No, I don't.
0: <laughs> Welcome back. <Michael. laughs> it's just, it's perfect. I played at my desk all the time and the person whose office is downstairs from me texts me and says, quit it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I could go on for literally for days. And if you ask me this question tomorrow, yep. it's a different, is a different answer. Yep, John. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm a
1: bit of a loss right, for this one. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> like I don't, I don't really isolate riffs. Like there are plenty of songs that I love uh, by plenty of bands. I don't, I you know, just off the top of my head, maybe Panama for from Van Halen. Uh, I, a lot of Van Halen riffs that I like, um, what else? Um, you know, you know what riff I like, I like Damn It by Blink-182. I like that riff and a a lot of their riffs are super simple. I, you know, very, very easy chord changes and things like that, but, uh, they always have kind of like fun, bouncy riffs, um, Mm -hmm.
3: All right. Nope. Very good. Michael?
1: Oh, um,
2: it, it comes to me.
3: Uh, with you and I left, I figured I'd let you go and then I'd wrap it up.
2: Okay. Um, there there are so many, like, classic riffs, and I, I think maybe that's what the the question was getting at, you know, the sense of, like, are there, like, you know, of the, the pantheon of great bands who have great riffs, and you can probably, like, you know, the, the top... Five are probably going to be Judas Priest riffs, or um, definitely uh, Black Sabbath riffs. You know, or or even like you know great riffs that you get from like Deep Purple. Like you know, just think of like uh, Smoke on the Water. It's like that's 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 got to be some sort of song when you when you hear those sort of like opening tunes. It's just like okay that's great but uh i was listening to a a record last night and uh uh, i i would say like some of the best riffs are on uh autographs turn up the radio (laughs) yeah and and you don't believe me just like just turn up the radio and listen to it you know steve lynch just like he was like you want to talk about underrated guitarists the the dude the dude's solo in that record was the number one solo of the year in Kerrang magazine, and you might think, Autograph, that's like a sort of like a hair metal ish band, but uh, you remember that song and when it came out and how it just like made your major made your goose goose flesh come up. That was like that's just like a classic rock anthem, and there's just such excellent guitar work on that uh, on that album. Just saying, I, I, I love that album too much. to. Uh, <laughs> we, we might have to do, devote an entire podcast to it, but we probably won't.
3: We could do uh, a listening party for that. I'm in. And I, know under, every, I know every word know every song.
2: Me too. And as underrated bands go, they're, they're up there too. Yeah, we could probably do like 30 minutes on Blondes and Black Cars. But right. we probably won't but uh, <laughs> you, just like there, there's 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 every everything everything about the, the the whole confection of that song is is perfect it has like that squealing solo that opens while the you got the drums and the bass building it and he just lets go with that that sort of riff that like You know, if it would have if Lover Boy had had written that song or or Journey, it would Mm. be like one of those sort of classic hits where just like, yep, perfect. But so they get they get nominated as like a one hit wonder, but they did also have blondes and black cars. So two hit wonder. (laughs) (laughs) So I throw that out.
3: All right. Uh, to me, I've said it before. I think Balls to the Wall that first minute is heavy metal. I think that riff <laughs> is the best thing ever created. Sure thing. Um, and that's I'm just telling you. You you you. That's it. <laughs> uh, I think Seek and Destroy has a great riff to it. I think um, Ride the Lightning is very strong. Um, but again, if you want to hear heavy metal, if somebody comes up to you and says, "I just, uh, you know, landed on the planet Earth. What's this metal all about?" You push Balls yeah. to the Wall, and one minute in, they go, "Oh, I get it. Now I understand." And, yeah. Uh, it's a universal language yeah everybody or you or, or, or,
2: or you give them like some iron man symptom of the universe yep. paranoid
3: they're not balls of the wall but they're they're, they're I, good yeah
2: but you know yeah black sabbath riffs are <laughs> I, th- I, I think are about this
0: question good. as as like the, the
3: riffs that kind of like freeze the room mm. that's what i'm saying right there mm-hmm. that's what i'm or, saying or, 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 or the ones time
2: <laughs> or the ones that get everybody going like yeah or they start to like do the air guitar yep. to it, that's
3: you know. Right. And and
2: again, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll have to say here, uh, you, you there are plenty of classic ACDC dc riffs, where we we again we we don't give uh, Angus and ACDC mm-hmm. enough credit, but like goddamn it, you know it. You just you, you, when you hear an Angus riff, you know that's an ACDC song, and people are going to start standing up, and they're going to start doing devil horns they're gonna like start rocking out so uh we could we we have some episode of acdc in the works so absolutely we'll uh we'll 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 talk more on that later
3: i like question number eight if you guys don't mind me throwing that out there i i love that they ask us or uh, i'm sorry matt troy asked us about what heavy metal shirts or what were your heavy metal shirts from back in the day and what do you wear now So if you don't mind, I'm just going to jump on this one. Sure. Um, Being middle-aged, I have to wear dress clothes when I go to work and I've got mm-hmm. to look professional during the day. Um, my favorite metal shirts from back then, I think my most favorite is the uh, the Bad Boys Hollywood California Motley Crue shirt from the Girls, Girls, Girls Tour. Um, it, it, nice. It, it's only about, you know, remember how, how they used to shrink to about that big, you know, yeah, back uh, in the day.
2: Like a baby onesie. Yeah,
4: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got that one, and I've got my uh, Can I Play With Madness shirt from uh, – uh, some not somewhere in time, the uh, Seventh Son seven tour seven, that yeah. I saw. Uh, I know that one. But if I'm going to wear a concert shirt now, I think what I found over the last decade, I like supporting the smaller bands when I go to shows. And I'm thinking of the place, um, like in Sellersville, Michael, when we go there, yeah. I, like, I like being able to pick up a $10 t-shirt of a band that's trying to make it or has at least a good feel to them. Like this is something they really are putting some effort into. I, I could pay $30 if I go to a big show. Yeah, I, I want a maiden t-shirt, but I could pay 30 40 $50 dollars for that stuff. I already have six. I don't need another one. I, I like spending yeah. a couple bucks um, on a, on a newer band and, and and fronting a band that maybe nobody's heard of, but I know that when I saw them, I really thought they were worth me spending ten dollars on their shirt.
2: Yeah, and 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 t- ten dollars for a shirt is uh, again that goes right into the band's uh, coffers, uh, whereas you know they're. They're not making any money on their CDs. They're not even really making money on the ticket sales. So, uh, if you w- really want to support a band, you you, you buy their T-shirt. They're they're sort of homemade merch. Um, any anybody else got some like favorite uh, metal T-shirt stories?
1: I think um, back, back in the, in the day yeah. when when we would go to shows, uh, I would get either one or two shirts. You know, one
0: wow, for sure.
1: Well, I, you know what? I had a decent job as a teenager with no overhead. So it was like, that's what I spent my money on. And we would, we would get a shirt for every show. Uh, and like I said, if the opener was good, get the opener too. Uh, I I had a blind in Texas wasp shirt that I yep, love. Yeah, I remember that. That, yep. I, that I still I can't wear, but it's fucking great. Like it's I think it's just one of the best shirts. Like with blacky with no pupils on the front, and uh, uh, I had a a Van Halen rock San Francisco shirt from the fifty one fifty tour. I like event shirts. Uh, you know, a lot of times, Maiden when they go on tour will do a specific shirt, like a, a shirt for the Las Vegas show, a shirt for this this tour. They had a shirt that was for Dallas, like or sorry, for Texas in yeah. the shape of Texas. You know, I like shirts that are um, are specific to shows. That's kind of what I buy now. I don't wear them that often. I, I I probably have I don't know ten or fifteen in the closet, but they don't get a lot of a lot of work.
2: All right, Scott, what do you got? What do you got for your your favorite metal shirt from like when you were a young, long haired, long-haired metalhead?
4: It was, you know, your standard fare. It was, it was Iron Maiden, Metallica, Slayer. But it was Iron Maiden that I was kind of back to collecting. I would, any concert I went to, I'd buy one at the mall, out on the road, wherever I was. So I probably had probably 15 Iron Maiden shirts at one time. And they were nice. going to a kind of rotation there in about tenth grade, and only a couple. I only only have a couple of shirts left. I moved too many times as an adult; these things get lost. But they still fit, so that? good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, you're lucky. Yeah, David. Was, which, the, which, oh, no, I was, was just going to say, my, my, of my favorite of those had to be the Aces High one with Eddie. Yeah, that's right. The and on the back you had like the greatest hits of Eddies. It was the shirt that had it all.
2: Yeah, that was that was that was that was a top shirt right there. Yeah, there were there were so many different shirts that you can get for uh for like the Power Slave. It was incredible. I was just I was doing something on Facebook here and it's like, "Oh yeah, I remember all these shirts." And there was just like an infinite variety of you know, all, all the different designs, all the different, uh, you know, styles of shirts. Yeah. Um, and, and again, Maiden was like king
1: of this, king of merch. Uh, well, they, they had a good thing going. I mean, they had Derek Riggs doing artwork for every single that came out, had new yep. Eddie artwork, and then those would translate to shirts, and then they would go on tour and add another three or four designs. Like, I mean, yep. they, yeah, they... they, they Likely like, made more money on shirts than they ever did on albums. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's 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 really ridiculous to to say that, but it's like it's probably paid them, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, because yep. you know, you think like cotton and ink, shit. That's that's some pretty cheap shit. And uh, it, the, the I think the thing too about Maiden it, it, again going back as we as we always do is talk about like uh the, the mystique of eddie and the image of the band um and that's like a sort of like a, you're walking down the street with an iron maiden shirt and people <laughs> see you and like that dude has cultural capital look <laughs> at him he is he is a metal head he is like he's so he's, bad. Like, he's not wearing like a 49ers jersey okay. he's, he's not so wearing bad. like a
0: he's so like funky. a
2: funky a pepsi shirt or something he's like that dude is into metal. That's his, like, that's his thing. You, you you watch, you watch out for him. Um, (laughs) And and, as opposed to like those, uh, the the other shirts where it's like, let's have pictures of the band's faces on the the shirt. It's like, like, not so hard, not so hard. If you had Eddie, it's like, shit, that's like a walking horror movie coming at me. If it's like Tiger tails, like, I think I could take him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, David, what, what what shirts did you used to like rock back in the day?
0: Back in the day, I'm gonna you know, tell crazy, you,
2: Crazy Nights tour and shit.
0: I had the Crazy Nights the sh- the white T shirt with the shattered glass on it. I had that one. Um, I had the coroner with the three headed skull on it. That's a good one which was great. I got like, if I'm playing a gig, I was probably wearing that shirt. You'd be like, how did you only ever do one gig? No, no, no. I just only ever wore one shirt. Um, (laughs) and then beyond that, my sister dated a guy who did album covers for like underground metal bands, um, like necrophagia and blood feast and hellion and things like that. So he had like a collection of cool shirts, um, And I would so often like get one and wear it. Like he did one for a radio station in LA and I had that one called like nuclear toxic waste or something like that, whatever it was. Um, And uh, I had some misfits shirts, like some legit ones from like shows and and records and things. Um, But I didn't have a whole ton of, of like band shirts that were not either like bands I was in or bands of people I knew. Uh, most mm. of my shirts were like you know I tried to gather like gear shirts like I had like a Daddario string sent me a shirt because I like sent them some music and they're, I was like hey can I get free strings and they're like no have a shirt thank um, you keep up the practice buddy you know <laughs> uh,
2: you're gonna make it someday I'm gonna sir. make it
0: someday buddy. Uh, no I, I didn't have a time I mean I probably have more concert shirts now than I did then I'm wearing my cleric shirt now that is like the comedic yeah you can't you can read t- it super yeah. easily read yeah well they made it specifically for the, they're like we made this shirt in the in the you know in the trend of you can't read the name of our shirt well, it's yeah,
2: yeah it had, it's like the, the the death metal sort it's like, of like what's the font, name of your band
0: yeah. clearly it's cleric
2: obviously it's called pile of leaves it's called
1: <laughs>
2: it, it, cracked it, it, cracked r- leather couch called row shark print i don't know right. what the mm-hmm. fuck oh before
1: we jump off this the i damage incorporated i liked that shirt too the that? stuff that metallica did we Which talked about that, that before was that the that one one was the, the one that's the, like the skull bat? with like the two bats coming out of it like the the with
0: nails in the back yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. 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 i shirts, sure, dude, were everything like when yeah. i was yeah. when i first got into death i was like I was at the beach with my family like quote writing our second record <laughs> and we were hitting like the surf shops to get stickers to put on our guitars and stuff. And it was all like either pal Peralta, which is like the Viking helmets with skulls or something like either pushead or pseudo puss looking shirts. Mm-hmm. He was the man.
4: Yeah.
0: Was, like everything it was just like skate,
2: yeah, it kind of it kind oh, of yeah. it it kind of fit into that era, where it's kind of like there there was a kind of punk, skate metal, but it was it was definitely sort of ultra violent and edgy, and kind of just the first look at it, just kind of like repulsive, or like damn, that's cool. Yeah. I, I I yeah, that that's the shirt that I wore out was my you know, black concert tee from when we saw Ozzy, uh, for the. You know, Ultimate Sin tour um, with Jakey e. Lee. Uh, oh, with I had Metallica Lita- Lita- uh, opening at the Cow Palace. I, I got had the, the-
0: Peace Cells shirt that I bought at Spencer's.
2: <laughs> That's cool. Did you go to the show though? No. Yeah, I think that. But that was the thing too. It's like because I had like this, and I, I just recently remembered it because I found these photos of me wearing a, a Malice t-shirt for uh it's the album cover for uh license to kill it's like damn i remember that now now that i see the picture of it Uh, (laughs) and i have like a surly ass look i don't know I was like all of like 16 17 he's like what are you taking a picture of me i'm reading a book I don't know. It's uh, but uh, like like John was saying though, like because we went to like a lot of the same shows, it was kind of like uh, like the pilgrims when you when you go to the holy land, you get a palm leaf and you you bring mm-hmm. that back and you are a palmer. You you go to the show while everybody else in your little podunk high school is like sleeping or watching facts of life or some shit. (laughs) And you show up the next day and you're like, look at this fucking shit. And it's like,
0: Oh, existential right there. Like, tell me I was there.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's because it was like a badge of honor sort of thing. And it's like, Dude, did you go to the show? It's like, yeah, that's where I got this fucking shirt. I didn't get it on mail order. I didn't get it from a back a magazine. I didn't get it from like a surf shop at the at Santa Cruz Beach and Boardwalk. I was there, and it didn't was even, awesome. And you were not there. And I am cooler <laughs> than thou. Didn't even I, wash it. Just no. That's the thing. No, that next was day, that, Absolutely next not. Day. That was always a thing too. It's like, could you wash it? You know, overnight because you would have to get your mom involved in that because <laughs> that's like, that's like, that's a sort of like piece of equipment that you didn't necessarily, I I, I always wash my own clothes, Dude, but like, you
0: smell like the back of a bus,
2: but, but that would be worth it. Uh, one, one, one more story here about uh, the, the metal shirts and because metal shirts were everything, but uh, John and I, we went to the Ted Nugent show where our uh, armored saint opened side note on this we're like right there uh this is at the the san jose the san jose uh civic auditorium so it's like a really small sort of venue
0: uh really like a wwf venue no smaller than that small It's, it's
2: it's it's like it's like a just imagine like half of a basketball
0: court yeah like a
1: home and garden show venue and
2: uh you know so uh you know god damn it if armored saint isn't like rocking out with their cock out but like john bush was literally rocking out with his cock out because his leather pants had ripped in the crotch and he had taped them up with like electrical tape and we were just looking right up there and there was like there was john bush's bush but there was also like twig and berries and it's like oh oh dude also i i stage dived at that show no one caught me i fell flat on my back anyhow this was the, the 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 Ted Nugent tour for if you can't lick 'em, lick 'em.
0: Yeah, John, I saw that tour.
2: John got the t-shirt for that and wore it the next day and got kicked out of fucking class.
1: And I got sent home from school because I had a "If you can't lick 'em, lick 'em" t-shirt on.
0: Dude, the story of love is like a great song, dude. Should have told your teacher that.
1: Yeah, Dean Twist was not having it. First, you're gonna
0: fall, then you're gonna bleed. Yeah, glory of it all
1: (laughs) but uh yeah
2: definitely that's that's a great question from matt and we're going to hopefully continue uh (laughs) a little bit of uh sharing and caring on the facebook page by adding some more photos of us back in the day wearing uh our our best metal shirts or if you if you don't if you i I still have like uh maybe half a dozen of mine from back in the day that i pulled out of uh storage um but yeah, they they don't fit. Oh, I, got I still my...
0: have a Headbangers Ball shirt.
2: Nice. Ooh, I still got my Ace oh, free my oh, Aces Ridgefield. or free, Freely's comment shirt. Um, what's the other? I got my wasted shirt still too. So it's like, I don't know, It's classic stuff. You know, it's it's part of my uh, I don't know the the, the material again. We keep talking about like. You hold on to it.
0: My 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 headbanger's ball shirt, I I jokingly said the woman I marry would receive that shirt. And then I got engaged and I was like, Honey, you know, you get the shirt. And I gave it to her. And she's like, Oh this. Like (laughs) Are we legally (laughs) bound yet? Uh,
2: is this is like a penguin like giving a rock to its mate, like so. Burp. so
0: when i take the shirt and you take the ring back <laughs>
2: yeah it's just, so my my dad paid for the wedding and you give me this old t-shirt what well, i took it back <laughs> all right next question listeners what do we got are you fans of striper i'll just pull that one right out there so no, we could just no. kind of like
3: hell we just... yes we are yep. no don't say we hell uh, yes i yeah, am i am i am too Thank you, John. See, here's where John and I align. Striper yeah, is awesome. Wow. Now, this is coming
1: from a, from a card-carrying atheist. I do not buy into Stryper's lyrics or, or their <laughs> theology, but I love... It's like
0: going to church for the snacks.
1: Eh, I mean, it's just—it's like a lot of the death metal. Like, there aren't people fucking like you know, cutting the heads off of corpses in their backyard while they listen to some of this sports shit. Wait, what? They just like the music, like. Um, right, right, right. You know what I mean? It's like I—I I think that Michael Sweet and Oz Fox are both great guitarists. Uh, I think he's got a great voice. I like Striper, and I saw them for the first time just last year. And uh, they were great live, like really, really super good. And I don't play them much at home, but I came away with a new respect for them after, after seeing them. They were playing with Great White and Queens Rake and they were awesome, like really super good. Okay, all right, Colin. You you enthusiastically like jumped all over
2: this. So
3: absolutely, I love them. I have always been a fan of theirs. And like John said, it's not necessarily the message. I, I agree with John. I think there's a, a marketing angle to a lot of that stuff. But I just I like the music. I I think that, and as he said, the guitar work is good. The vocals, you can't argue with the, with the vocals that that uh, Michael Sweet has. I I like. Uh, there's a presence about them. They they kinda I don't know, I thought it was cool, the black and yellow attack, the way that they the way that they um, the I I've, I've seen him a couple of times. They put on a great show. Um, I think Robert Street's a great drummer. I, he what doesn't was
0: their what was their big hit?
3: To okay. hell with the devil. No, no, no. Their actual so, hit. Soldiers under honestly. No, no that's probably
1: their biggest hit. Oh the the, me, the, the, the ballad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To to it. I like soldiers under command like uh, or calling on you is probably like their first early
2: yeah hit. that was that was a that was kind of a hit for them too right. who were they who were they calling on to jesus
3: yeah oh man but if you if you ever get a chance to see them it's it's a rolling electric it's piano. it's a good time sounds. they throw they throw bibles out at the end of the show there yeah. to the crowd it's just a fun time it's a happy time it goes back to that happy awesome moments when you're just smiling it's a good crowd it's a good vibe it's a good time
2: People throw out Bibles uh, at me. I, I I just tend to disregard that. It's like that's <laughs> cool. They that's have not, little stickers no, on them. Little
4: striper like,
0: stickers.
2: Yeah, uh, and again, um, I, I, knew I know. A kid. I, yeah, uh, there's 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 uh, uh, Scott. Do you want to weigh in on this here before? Uh, just like, on, I, I detonate Scott. this
4: shit. Oh, the, I I never got around to striper, so I can't I can't say yes or no. So. But if yeah. you I just, like, didn't get into them, so no comment then. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to say no, I'm not a fan because I've listened to them and like them. I just really haven't listened to them, other than that that ballad which got a little airplay. You know, that was about it. So I can't hmm. can't answer the question. No comment. <laughs> Plead the fifth.
2: David, you what, David what, do you, what do you got? What are your thoughts on, I, on, on Striper? Or,
0: or, I or, just remember, or I just remember being in high school and these guys pop out and I'm like, you gotta <laughs> be freaking kidding me. Like, who are they going to fool with this? And sure enough, doesn't a dude roll in with a Striper shirt? And we're like, dude, Steve, what's up with the freaking Striper <laughs> shirt, man? And he's like, it's oh, good band, metal. God. metal his, no, his parents wouldn't let yeah. him listen to metal
2: that was it let
0: him listen to christian metal yeah and i was like dude just cut it off now
2: (laughs) yeah i don't know john we went to school with a guy and that was basically his his gig too was like yeah i can't really listen to metal but uh i could listen to this band and i'm totally into this band and and the guy was we're not going to name names but like he was like his name was whatever his name rhymed
0: with mon martin but he, he, he had
2: he had a fake ID and his fake ID to get us liquor was uh, one of the members of uh, of Striper. So,
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That's good. Yeah. And was I'm like, start doing that. He didn't he he didn't say like Oz McLovin Fox. or anything. It's just but. nobody would believe that if I was like my name is Oz Fox. You'd be like bullshit.
2: No, your nobody's name called you Oz. Fox. No, not at all. But
0: uh, you know, I liked I liked Striper the first time I heard them. They were called Sticks. <laughs> Which
1: is uh, also amazing. No, that's, 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 they, don't, they don't unsound like sticks. That's agree.
2: not fair. That's not fair to sticks. Sticks actually has really. To go back to our point.
1: Have really good production value. I could. I could they they uh, do, but I can see why. Uh, why Dennis DeYoung sort <laughs> of sounds like Michael Sweet, and vice versa. Uh,
0: yeah, very similar. But they yeah. also got Tommy I'm Shaw, gonna, too. I'm, I'm going to th- learn this song. I'm going to learn this song. I'm going to sing it.
1: Try Soldiers voice. Under Command. I think the guitar is played on that song. I don't think that's a that good yeah. ballad. Yeah.
3: The, no, the Rock um, That Makes Me Roll. Check that one out. Nice guitar uh, work. That's terrible. I don't the
2: Rock it. That Makes Me Roll? The rock no. That makes me roll. Anyhow, so... I, I, I
4: Jesus!
2: Yeah. Um, the whole idea of... Uh, of christian metal is itself a sort of oxymoron um it, it, i i just i do not buy it if, if if it's a gimmick or even if it's sincere to me uh, it just it just doesn't work um and i know that there are great christian rock bands like king's x is a christian rock band
3: are they
2: yes are they? Yes, yes but they see that's that's the thing Speaking
3: of underrated
2: they if do, you
0: want to be a Christian and be a musician, that's fair. But no, no, no. That, but but being if a want, Christian but, rock man.
2: But but if you're going to promote the theology of Christianity in your lyrics, there's there's an art to it, and I don't think uh, Striper really did that. And, and I, late, uh, you know, Wasp Records when once Blackie Sabbath. Black, Blackie, Wallace.
4: <laughs> Blackie, I'm sorry. Samet. I listen to that. <laughs> Blacky Sabbath, dude. Uh oh, I think dude, we you just made I, a million dollars. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a cover band that plays both.
2: So, someone's going to mix. Someone's going someone's to do the mashup now. But now, uh, and, now and, I know and, exactly and thank you. Uh, texting Stymie right don't, now. Don't copy that. That's copywritten. As uh, <laughs> you know, as, uh... anyhow. But. Uh, Okay, Dude, so this song I, 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 I sucks,
0: by I, the way. Which honestly,
3: song?
0: holy crap!
3: Honestly, honestly, I'm listening sucks. to it right now. It sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. but it's it's I, the, the, the like wishy washy okay. ballads aren't what they're about. You got to get right. the rockin' tunes. Uh, so,
2: so I, I just I just want to make my point clear here. It's like I, I'm not against Christians, and I'm not against Christian uh music. You know, there there's you know great Christian hymns you know or or things like you know uh check
3: out rockin the world there david sweet chariot,
2: or you know any anything like you know amazing grace just you know that will definitely like bring out the goose flesh but like there is something about like what even when i listen to like their their one rocking you know hit um to hell with the devil it's like it just sounds so hollow like just the musical production it's like oh, there's a guy playing drums and then there's the oh, guy
0: that was like there's uh, guitar who's the who's the rock guitar player guy who was like hendrick one of hendrix's favorite players he's a christian rock guy
2: yeah but again is it does it infect the lyrics is it like oh
0: yeah he's totally like i love you jesus like that's all
2: well, this stuff he, well, well dylan did that too and it's like, like all David, right <laughs> but It'll you know, me. but but they but, uh, Striper was always an independent band too, so I think that that ties back into our question about like production as well. They, hell, they they, they could have been much bigger. They could have sounded a much uh you know a, a, you know bigger drum if they had better production and again just like toned down on like the explicit theology. It's like even if your theology you really is all about
0: striper's biggest problem
2: no it's not no it's not the lyrics and it's not the singing it's it's uh the drumming and the production and it's just kind of david if you want to just like put in like
0: um i'm listening the rock in the world right now put in like the, what do you think david i'm not a fan of this vocal style but i i know that people are okay yeah so
2: I, I think if we if we had to like take a poll, we'd say, "Are you fans of It's Like, no, not not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 nothing. Again, it's not anti-Christian. I, it, 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 you know, because like again, there's like a lot of good Christian bands out there. Um, they're just they, a little bit. They're a little bit more subtle in their lyrical delivery.
0: I think they turn uh, off more people than they turn on. And and
2: I always gate. I always I always thought that they. Were just, I always found that they were just kind of like. Like amateur docking. they're just kind of like, eh, we're good, but we're gonna sing about Jeeves.
3: Well, next time they come to town, we'll do the VIP, and you can tell them that directly. I will
2: totally they're nice, tell. They're nice, nice, they're nice guys. I know. I, did I'm, the VIP I well, last time. Of course, they're Christian dudes. They're always really nice and stuff, and that's like, that's that's great. I love and Michael that. Michael Sweet's
3: email comes out every week. He keeps us up to date on what he's doing.
2: Yeah, because he's got nothing else to do. He, wow. can't even, he can't even go to like a mega church and sing, you know, or throw out Bibles at people. It's like, I don't want a Bible. Blackie Lawless is like throwing out raw meat and shit. <laughs> I, I, went to, I, I, went, I went to a show where, where Johnny Rotten was like heading up PIL and stuff. He bent over, pulled down his pants, pulled a, a fucking a tampon out of his butthole and then threw it in the crowd. I'd much prefer to catch that than a Bible, there and and again, and I got
1: jeez. Yeah, I, Merry I, Christmas, I, everyone! And, yeah. I, and
2: I teach a class called uh, "Bible as Literature." I, I, I have like uh, no, I'm I'm the most tolerant person. It's just like <laughs> what, what and, and I I've <laughs> okay. been to I've been to more cathedrals than all of y'all's combined. I just don't pray there. It's just we got to like divide a Now, we're, line now between. we're
3: counting cathedrals.
2: Okay. <laughs> Where 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 there's great art, there's art. But if it's like if it's trying to like you know present itself as like metal, it's like, dude, I I've, I've listened to Armored Saint ten times before I'd even like cross the street to listen to Striper, and and I've listened to Striper. They're just they're just not that good, you know. No. And I'll and I'll listen to a lot of shit. I'll listen to like garbagey stuff. Well, David crazy, long-
3: cr- crazy for Tim Gaines on, uh, Gaines on Instagram. That was, thank that you.
2: was, that was the name. That was the name on the, on the, uh, the, the fake ID, Tim Gaines.
3: Okay. Well, thank you very much for that question. We had a good time answering it.
2: We totally did. Um, where, where do we want to go next? How about this? Know. How about this business about like uh number nine? Are we too old to mosh? Yes. Also. Yes. Yes, you, we are. Have you ever been caught in a mosh?
3: Yes. I'm not. I'm gonna say this: if it's, if if a mosh pit is a storm, I was never in the center, in the eye. That's that's never been my style. But on on the outskirts and 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 sucked in a little bit. Yes. Um, I've never been one to get in there and, and throw things around and and potentially get hurt. But uh, been close enough to be hit a few times and even knocked down once or twice. But um, David, you strike me as somebody that back in the day, you were probably in the eye of the storm. I okay. have
0: been caught in a mosh in the last five years of my life. Okay. I, uh, I was recent. Not, not, I want to say two recently. Let's say five years ago. Within the last couple of years, I went to a buddy of mine, uh, Jay, who's a uh, current band, Honey. If you want to check out Honey, they're on uh, Insta and uh, probably all over. I think they're on streaming services now. So shout out to Honey Philly. Um, thrash band. I think I've shared their link with you in the past. I got their vinyl right over the yep. shoulder there. It, Killer band. Uh, is it, is, is, it, is a
2: is it good, yeah. David? Just we I think at it's it.
0: great. I think it's great. It's uh, okay. you know it's classic. It's very classic thrash. You know it's it's uh, you'll know okay. within the first couple of minutes if you're into it. Um, but very classic thrash sounding band. Uh, you know clearly original. Some new things going on, but uh, modern throwback ish. I don't know. I I'm, I'm not in a i'm not in a place to to review it but it's good i like it anyway he has played in some very very classic bands um his whole life and i met him through friends with my old band stupid head um he would let us use his van he would drive his van help us get to gigs and things like that um he was in a band called turning point a hardcore band and there was a there's a annual gig in philly called this is hardcore and they were right. playing that and uh, the singer for their band had passed away a number of years ago so they did a reunion and they had a number of singers from other hardcore bands who sang for them they kind of rotated through it was super cool and i was like man i'm gonna go see this is gonna be awesome Is the electric factory in philly and i go and i'm like you know what i'm 40 something i'm just gonna or- kind of lay back like i'll get up to the front of the stage kind of throw the throw the irons to Jay be like, yo dude, and then like get out of there. And the next thing I know, I'm like, Wah! Um, just, you know, running around like a nut. And uh that was probably the last time I was really throwing down. But I mean at uh at uh municipal waste and nuclear salt or not nuclear salt, uh, napalm death recently, you know, I was in the pit for that. Um yeah, I mean, no, are we old too old to mosh? Mosh like classic like no
2: yeah we were as far as you no know, hands up school, knees
0: up um
2: bows throwing no no that's, <laughs> listen man nobody, no, the, no, nobody's the right age for that
0: here's the thing man it's like what are you gonna do like you are in a room full of people who are like drawn like bees to a hive around this music and i say look if you're moved to it that that pit is i think we as as metal fans can't pretend we don't know what that pit is like that pit is is a bunch of people who love all of the same things that you love who came there for all the same reasons you came there and they're going to take care of you in the midst of all that aggression um if you're in a pit that that's not going down well then you're in the wrong place you know and i've been right. there i've been in those places where you've got I, uh, I think it was at that gig. One of the bands that was up on stage, uh, I want to say Sick of It All. There were some like young dudes there, some young like metalish hardcore dudes there, and there were some old head metal hardcore dudes there. And there was seemed to be a little conflict. <laughs> um, and Come on, just, Grandpa! But they just laid <laughs> it out from the stage. They're like, "Look, we're here together, and if you're not into it, you need to get out." Um, right. I think that, look, if you're, if you're moved to do that, you should do that. You should get, you know, some people are like the dudes on the edge. They just kind of like keep their knees bent and cover their balls and push people away to keep them from falling down. And then other people's getting the thick of it. Other folks stand up at the front and just kind of take the ebb and flow against the stage. But I think, no, are we too old for that? Absolutely not. I mean, within the realm of keeping yourself safe and healthy, um, I've definitely been caught in a mosh. And since this question is from Joey, Joey knows the deal. I've been at the truck where our buddy and Tolbert, who was like, uh, you know, rest in peace and He was like the, the most well-known photographer in the city for like all the cool social stuff going on. He was six foot. I have no idea what dude was like, looked like a tree and he had dreads, And his arms were probably like ten feet, fingertip to fingertip, and he would be in the pit, like swinging his arms. But since he was like six five, his arms were like a full foot over my head. But one time I was in the pit (laughs) at the truck, and I caught a hand to the side of his head, and his hands were like catcher's mitts. And I'm just like, and then like Imposy's arm like hit me in the side of the head, and he's like, oh, sorry, bro. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, i like, friendly. like
2: oh. that's friendly fire right there who are you <laughs>
0: uh-huh. mommy no but uh no i mean i've definitely been caught in the mosh and i've definitely got definitely got friendly fire um in a pit but somewhere if you go back to whatever year that was i you can see me in the pit in the pictures <laughs> during i I, gra- I did some screen grabs for some of the some of the videos there i'm like that's me nice
2: and
0: i think ah, it's mosh is not nah, mosh is a
2: boss i'm like scott what do you got do you uh you've been caught in a mosh
4: before no i gotta say i kind of uh avoided moshes. just usually had a drink in my hand and said eh, that'll do <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you didn't feel like mixing it up with like the the young
4: rowdy kids wor- no nah, i mean going back to when i was 16 there was a local club in queens where a couple of local metal bands played and a mosh happened and i got in there and i was like eh. Eh, I'll be over here. Eh, you know, that'll be fine. And it just, but and a lot of venues I would go to then in New York City always had a second level, like like right. Club Limelight would always have this second level. And I was just, yeah, that's that's more my speed. Just kind of like stand and
2: watch, not necessarily like go and participate. A true spectator, then
4: yes, removed.
2: Alas, mm-hmm. all right colin what 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 are your memories of moshing
3: uh like i said i've been uh been on the edges and sucked in a little bit uh fringes <laughs> um you know did a little bit of, of pushing and, and been pushed uh again probably fell once or twice but and also probably pushed others over once or twice but um i, I was kind of like scott i didn't i didn't need to be knee deep in it and uh um, and as he pointed out, I was usually back in the day drinking heavily, so that was more my focus. Um, I, but it was nice to be kind of pushed around a little bit and have some of that energy. But I didn't need to mm-hmm. get in there throw anything around. I knew some guys that went in there, and they'd come out with, you know, they'd be they'd be pissing blood for a couple of days because they hit they took some shots <laughs> of the ribs and stuff. And, I, and they would tell me about it. I'm like, dude, that is just nuts. I don't need to be in there throwing anything like that around. Um, but yeah, I just want to, I'm going to sweat a little bit. And, um, so somebody just, I think it was David just mentioned the truck and some of those places. I mean, it's hot as anything and the as Hades in some of those places. Ball. So, yeah, I was going to say that. So, um, I don't mind a good sweat and I don't mind being on the floor, but I'm definitely not in there to get hurt. But, uh, but uh, close enough to feel the energies and far enough away to be safe.
2: All right, John. Well, uh, I know, I know there's, there's occasions where we like, we, we came in like, uh, I don't know. We would like joined hands, and we would just kind of like rip, <laughs> rip people in half, you know. <laughs> like Qu- I mean, doing do the clothesline I, thing. I think for sure. I, show. I mean,
3: there's
1: there's definitely been some some pits that we've been in, but like Colin and like Scott, it was never my favorite place to be. We I feel like we were always on a quest to get as close to the stage as we could. Right like, to to me especially after buying a ticket in April for a show in December and thinking about it and can't wait for the fucking show to come. I wasn't, if I want to run around with a bunch of dudes, I don't know, and slam into each other, we could do that in the parking lot for free. Like I was there to see the band. And so we would, we would try and get as close as we could. And sure. There were times that we, I I don't think I was ever angry enough to want to get in there and just blow steam off. Like I was there to see a band and yeah. uh, you know, I like Colin said, y- you know, it's hot as balls and you would sweat. We would come out of those shows Steaming. like we had been swimming. Like, I mean, yeah. clothes just drenched. <laughs> nice. The car must have smelt like hell once we got back in. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, yep. but I mean it's it's just like we were we were still with a crowd and still moving i mean it was exhausting to just try and like on some of those big shows on the floor you've got i don't know how many people six seven thousand people on the floor moving around pushing towards the front Uh, i mean there was more than once where i got picked up off the floor and just sort of moving with a crowd until you come back
0: down and like i mean that to me i think
1: was enough adventure there's a poem
0: Um, there's a poem about this Really? No. Yeah. It um if I may. Right. Murder in the front row, crowd <laughs> begins to bang. And there's blood upon the stage.
1: What bang your head
0: against the stage uh, right okay <laughs> and metal takes its price
2: Hey, are they rhyming stage the, with stage by blood. <laughs> well, yes yes they did yeah yep.
1: but the, so that, that, hey guys that brings us to uh murder in the front row it's an internal rhyme scheme. again to adam dubin for uh chatting with us Absolutely. if you haven't checked it out yeah, i got you my copy
0: get. yesterday in nice. the mail and it so, has stickers, posters. It's freaking awesome. So like David, Sweet. you could have a collector's
1: edition sent right to your house right now. It's also on VOD. So murder in the front row. Watch it. Sweet, yeah.
0: Get the hard copy because you get the posters and the sticker. Freaking awesome stickers. Um, Stick it right on your ass. I,
2: I don't think I knew what moshing was, but I I, know, I knew it when I saw it. I think I asked somebody, because I had like the, the Anthrax record and I asked, like, Seth Mill was, like, dude, like, this Anthrax song there, and again, just doing the research, like, this back in high school, this was, like, 86, 87, when the record came out, it's like, they sing this song called, like, Caught in a Mosh, like, wh- what is a Mosh? There's no, like, there's no urban dictionary, there's no internet back then, <laughs> you can't ask, like, the, the research librarian at the high school, like, what is Mosh? And he's like... It's kind of like when you're like really buzzed, i'm like i don't I don't think I bought that answer, but uh, again, moshing was again, that was a term that came from the east coast um or what what that what the, what it was called, but you you saw it when you went to shows, and there was always such a like a furious rush of like shoulders and elbows to get to the rail to get to the you know murder at the front row um because that was where you'd have like the the best you know vantage point but like you know when we were like 15 and 16 and shit like you know we were we were bigger guys taller guys but like you could not compete with like these guys who were like on trucker speed and angel dust and shit they just wanted (laughs) like they're like i gotta get to the front and like and there's a whole different sort of, um, how should you say, sort of etiquette, too. Like, what what happens in the pit? People are just like, someone could just, like, grab your nuts and start squeezing them. And you're like, I don't know whose hand that is or why my nuts are, like, being so squeezed. Um, but uh, we, we, we would get caught in a mosh every once in a while. I know there were definitely shows, like, when we went to the uh, – the Slayer and uh, the Judas, Judas Priest, Priest show, we were looking at that, going like, "That's scary." It was like a yeah, like a whirlpool of people just sort of like thrashing on one another, just like just like cutting one another up like uh, like like lawnmower blades. It's like, I I don't think that's fun. I don't. Yeah, no. I think I
1: think I skipped the floor for Slayer and watched you them know. safely from the stands, and then went down for Judas Priest. You know, uh, that was a, a bit too much to handle. As a youngster, you
2: know, and that and that and that happened too. Like when we saw Anthrax open for Kiss for uh, for Crazy Nights, it's like because the, the, they were in. It was like a thrash show basically, and people were there, like kind of like us, I think, more to see like Anthrax. Um, and so there was like lots of like moshing going on, but it just seemed kind of like it seemed scary. It just seemed kind of scary and a little dangerous. Um, so you couldn't really like lose yourself in it. Um, I, I think a couple years after that, you know, we we went to the Metallica show. There were Queensrÿke open. I'm going to say that's December 1988 at the Cow Palace, for which we have pictures of me licking uh, the the crumbs of crack cocaine off of Chuck's truck because spectacle. And uh, but we we went into that show. We were like, let's clothesline people. We were like holding hands, and we were just like we were just like taking people out. And like just like just letting it all just go crazy, um but we, you know I, I I remember later like we we went to like the the anthrax show for uh when the the the, the state of euphoria, state of euphoria. For, yeah, you know, and like Leroy was coming out, and like I think I broke a rib, and also my ankle was twisted, and he had to like be carried almost out, It was like we were just sitting in the seats we <laughs> were just like. We're just we're gonna get in our car and go home. And you're going to the hospital, but um, but it, but it's it's definitely part of like the the sort of masculine machismo, sort of like the, the thing about the, the whole punk rock thrash metal scene. And I, I'd have to I have to say, Colin. Was- yeah, that
1: that ties into Dan Kennedy, uh, our friend Dan Kennedy, who's on the Moth podcast. He asked, at what point did metal move? from having a good from having nothing but a good time yep. and being unchained to the insanely mad Max like Mosh uh, pit wall of death at a show at y. and why. Yeah. And I, I don't know why that changed. I, I mean I think I think those two things existed at the same time. I don't think it changed from being having nothing but a good time into that. I think they existed at the same time. It's just one had more of a fun attitude and one was more aggressive. They were still metal, just different flavors.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think again, it's like if you're going to a Bon Jovi show where we're like Cinderella is opening, nobody's moshing at that. It's just, you're, you're not, that's not like, you know, that's, that's not the flavor of uh, the entire event. Um, you know, but if you're going to go see like Slayer and Testament and you think you're just going to sit there and people aren't going to like get in your face and start pushing you around because they're like feeling the, the sort of energy of the music. They're like, you, you also went to the wrong show. Um, and again, there's, there's going to be a lot more chicks hanging out there at, uh, you know, the Bon Jovi Cinderella show, you know, where you're like sipping your cocktail, but like at the Slayer show with, the uh, with testament you, you you come to like throw bows it's it, 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 it i think it's it's part of the ritual of it
3: yeah i've seen some people get annoyed and very frustrated and angry when they're by a mosh pit or they're being treated in a way that they almost didn't expect and i kind of think the same way you did michael what do you what are you doing here you know if you yeah. if, if especially the smaller clubs I understand if you're in a stadium and there's some some room. I get it because you're like I, I I came here and there's plenty of space. But if you're in a smaller venue. And, you're, and you went to see a, a significantly uh, high-energy, and to use your word, violent band at times, and, and you know people are going to be drunk and throwing things around. They're not looking to annoy you. They're looking to have fun. So if they're bashing indie, and you're kind of looking at your, at your uh, friend there. Uh, sometimes the girlfriends will do that to the guys. You know, they kind of shoot them to look like, what the hell's up with this dude? You know, it's not an issue. He's having a good time. It's, that's what know, happens, you right? You're right. You, you walked into the lion's den. I'm sorry that you got bit, but that's, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't go in there.
0: Well, I think and, there's uh, something to be said about you know the the evolution of you know of us and crowds and you know the the social pecking order and things like that. You know that you go to middle school dances, like you remember those. Like we're all a, about the same age, and they'd be playing you know fairy tale lover or some crap like that, and you're just thinking, when are they going to play? I don't know. Oh, Sheila when are they gonna ready play for something the world wanna, you know we want to listen to when are they going to play yeah. some some a
2: rocking tune i, I again like something the, the,
0: rocking or you know in my age it was something a little punk you know what i mean yeah. or even just like third stream like even freaking give us men without hats and we can like pogo around the room <laughs> yes, and get on the nerves yes, yes, yes. you know <laughs> get on the nerves of the people who want to like dance to madonna and crap like that that we all hated because we were rebels but it's like you, you get to a show, and I mean, I would disagree that it's all about, uh, you know, purely about aggression or drinking or any of those things. You know, it's, it's about, you know, doing what they do. You know, it's the same thing. Like people go to the gym. Where, you know, uh, Colin, you do martial arts. I do martial arts. People say to me sometimes, oh, it must be great to work out your aggression. And I say, you know, it's exactly the opposite. It's like the quietest quietest, and most calm time of my week. I'm very relaxed. Uh, none of the stresses of the day are on my mind when I'm trying to solve, you know, the puzzle of, of sparring with someone. Um, And when I'm at a show, you know, I've got laser focus, you know, I'm really, really tuned in to the music and the room. And I think that in many ways, as when we're young, all of these interests and attitudes and, you know, egos are stratified and then they kind of coalesce around high school and college and then they stratify again and we find ourselves as middle-aged metalheads going you know what i i think i could hit one of those shows again (laughs) you know I, i think i could go check out you know maybe i'll be in the balcony but i really want to be at a show where people are throwing down
4: yeah
0: and it's not because of aggression or drunkenness or any of these wild emotions but it's it's out of something we've chosen whereas like maybe back when we were 15 16 17 it was something we were exploring yeah i
2: don't know have to, you know just as a testimonial the last time i moshed was that uh, well colin was there at the overkill show in easton and just kind of like
3: it, it again at the crayola factory
2: no it was no it was right, not,
3: right next to the girl it's, it, 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 it's right it, next to it, it
2: it's, it's called something they call it something S- square
3: one or something like square that one yeah. one square or something
2: it's 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 a nice venue we, we also saw rat there it was a good it's a good show it's a good venue but uh you know it, it's not like
3: <laughs> not crayola david <laughs> but it's it, right daddy's da- Booger is nice
2: that's that's the best color but uh you know, it was it was a gentle mosh. It was kind of like a, it was a nice sort of like a,
3: you know, old person's mosh. You know, and <laughs> sat down in their
0: wheelchairs.
2: I, and 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 I, and I have to say too, like if you if you if you observe this stuff from like a you know from an older person's perspective, like I, I went and saw a show, I saw the Anthrax and uh, Kill um, kill switch show, and what people will do nowadays and, and again, people will probably give this some sort of uh, title to, but like people would just kind of like mosh by themselves. Like they'll just like stand there and they'll just do like fucking Nick Cage and wild at heart where they're just kind of like, rah, rah, just like doing like just crazy, just gesticulations and like kicking and throwing out their arms to the music by themselves stationary. And it's like, okay, that's, that's a thing, I guess. And when when the moshing did go around, it was fucking very much sort of like, uh, you know, like uh, some sort of like, you know, kindergarten picnic with everybody just going around and around, and people are like bumping into one another, but people aren't like slamming people in the throat. They're not like taking them out at the in in the knees. I, I remember specifically like this one dude like lost his hat in the midst of the mosh and like one person like stopped in the midst of the mosh grabbed this person's hat ran after him Was like hey dude this is your hat i found your hat the guy was like thank you and they hugged it's like wait a second now <laughs> their,
3: their voices are very strange
2: this is not the pit that i remember wow. oh because they're just because it's like you know that's i'm just dramatizing hey, it a five. little bit <laughs> you know it thank was just finding my ass like they thank, thank you bro no thank you bro it's like <laughs> hey yeah are you um- do you go to like Trader Joe's a lot? I'll, it's like, I'll, I'll it's like, it was just so bourgeois. It's like, it was kids it, are
0: over at the Crayola factory. I should text my wife and tell her to look
2: for your wife. And your are Yeah. You want, you want to like have like a play date or something. So, uh, you spend a lot of time with these guys, Michael, what, what, what kind of leaf blower do you have? Uh, so it just, it just, but again, it was, it was just so kind and gentle. And I think it, that, and that's appropriate too. Yeah,
0: I I think a riding mower is the best choice. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know so uh uh it's like so what what kind of subaru do you have uh nevertheless yeah moshing is again it's a time-tested thing and it's they're fantastic. they're definitely they're definitely kids in, in different shows and like we talk about metal shows but there are other extreme rock shows that uh that that the, that the millennials go to and uh they kick ass
0: i'm not gonna lie you know? i don't know how people stay out of it i don't you know, know? How pe- i don't know how people who have done it at any age, stay out of it. When I went to see Bungle up in Brooklyn, I was with Jennifer and Jennifer's not a mosher. So we were in the balcony. But before that, I was like, I wasn't, I didn't know they had a balcony. So on the way up there, I'm like, I kind of feel like if there's a pit, I need to get in it. So I'm going to have to tell Jennifer, like, hang here for a second. I need to go Uh dust it up and then I'll be back. Um, and, and she's were, saying,
2: like, why can't I come with you, David? No,
0: no, no. She I have like, my yeah, Headbangers
2: ball t-shirt on.
0: <laughs> the ceremonial Headbangers. Um, but, you know, there were shows coming up this year that I'm like, I'm going to have to get in the pit in this show. Like, I don't. And I say that just kind of anticipating, yeah, I'll be 48 this summer, but I don't know how I'm going to go to a show with a pit and and what and go home and be like not nah, people will be like did you get in the pit and be like no dude we'll stop <laughs> no i gotta get in there so that's so that's a thing
2: then there's some there's some sort of like masculine pecking order where it's like I just,
0: did, I, did, did, did I you get feel like did I you should. mix it up i don't know if it's a masculine thing i just kind of feel you know it's like we were we were mm-hmm. in like on the coast of ireland two years ago and my daughter and my son and jennifer and we're like ankle deep in the water. And I said to my daughter, I was like, you know, we got to get in. She's like, but it's freezing cold. I'm like, yeah, but do you want to go home and be like, we could have got in. (laughs) And we decided not to like, no. And, and that was, that kind of became our rule like from day one. Like if you're at the water, you got to get in.
2: You got to get in. And if, and, and if there's a, and again, like I went into that mosh pit and it was, it was pretty gentle. It was it was fun just to go around in circle, and everyone was like really sort of like I said like conscientious. Like there was no, you know, effort to like start to like punch people in the jaw or stuff. I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's it, it's it's not for it's not for everybody. I, I went to the the Rat Show, and the the more embarrassing thing that can happen to you as an older uh, metalhead, I'll say this was like somebody had like spilt like a, I don't know, all kinds of like ginger ale or, uh, you know, Coca-Cola or something. And like people were getting, they were jostling and stuff. And they were like all getting excited about like Way Cool (laughs) Junior or something. And I was standing there like flat footed a little bit. And my foot had like adhered to the floor. (laughs) So when the crowd moved, I went to like, you know, I, I start to like back up with my with my right foot, but my left foot is like stuck, like a like one of those cartoon characters who's had his nail his foot <laughs> nailed to the floor. and That I just fall back almost onto my ass. But uh, Chris Tipping was there and he caught me. It's like, oh, Prince Jarney, how did how did this happen? Uh, but yeah, that was the most dangerous thing that's happened to me at, uh, at, at a show lately. Uh, I think we got time for one one more question. What do you say, guys?
0: Hold on. So we should look at the list then. Huh? Yeah. I did I think number four is the great one. I was looking could, at that. It too, could yeah. be like it could be like a whole episode.
2: Yeah, I think it absolutely is.
1: Um so why don't we save that?
0: All right. Well, let's 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 just
1: uh, tease let's, it. let let's, let's save it and expand. Uh um, what does that mean? What
0: does that mean? Talk to me.
1: Let's uh, let's can, make a full episode out of it. Like I I think you're right. That's a long answer for all of us. So, I don't know
0: uh, that anybody would listen to it though. They'll listen. <laughs> all, all 25 all, of them.
1: All yeah. 100 of them over
2: the course of a year. Um well let's let maybe let's just do number 7 then to kind of like wrap it up because we know Colin has a lot to say about oh, the crew.
3: Well, it, as I said, this, not this,
2: this, this this, 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 really? this, comes, this comes, this comes. Wh- huh? Oh, 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 no, I, we don't I, have to do Athena's let's, let's question. Go with, let's
1: go with 10. Jeez. All right.
2: F- favorite heavy metal bassist.
0: Right. We,
1: we don't talk about bassist that often.
0: All right. Go around a horn. John. Juan
1: I, one, one per person, <laughs> huh? Well, I, you know what? I love Steve Harris from Iron Maiden. I think he he is uh, a very unique bassist. You know it's him when you hear it. And of current bassists, I really like uh, Justin Chancellor from Tool. The bassist for Tool.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, He's really good.
2: Okay. Um, Scott, what you got for your favorite bassist? Metal bassist.
4: Cliff Burton. Uh, Not original choice, but of all time. My f- favorite bass player. Metallica has had a long run of great yeah. bassists. Yeah. Now I was, however old, when I finally figured out that part in Orion was a bass guitar, and then that was it. That was it for me. Hmm.
2: Yeah. And again, he's the patron saint of a uh, bassist. He is. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say Getty Lee. I just told him Getty Lee.
3: Okay. It's not like you were eating something.
2: Yeah, I've got Please some... Even uh, Getty Lee. I'm just, yeah.
3: <laughs> we have been at this so long, you're hungry now. <laughs> uh, mine is Lemmy. I'm going to throw a little curveball in there. Nice. God uh, bless you. Very, Very nice. Uh, every time I've seen him live, which has been a lot, the way he approaches playing the bass and the way that he does chords and he does, you know, even solo type stuff and the way he adds his, his flair into the song, it's amazing. It's amazing. He's Mm -hmm. he's so talented, and doesn't get enough love for playing the bass. It's always about his attitude and singing and stuff. But he's—I think—he's very talented.
2: Yeah, Lemmy's got so many other things on besides like actually playing an instrument.
0: Mm -hmm. Dave. All right. Well, the musician in me wants wants to say Billy Sheehan, but but the Uh the Uh metalhead but the metalhead in me says Dan Lilker. So screw all of you. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Dan Lilker from
1: Anthrax. SOT,
0: oh, like he was like, like uh,
1: Every
2: early Anthrax, yeah, yeah.
1: early, early. Because I mean,
0: f- with SOD, Frank, Frank Bello, Frank Bello, also since
1: cool. spreading the disease. But really, yeah, buddy, basically, but
0: really, yeah. I mean, Dan. Look, when I say when I say and think Dan Lilker, I'm thinking nuclear salt and SOD. Yeah. Okay. All right.
2: Cool. 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 I'd, I'd I'd also throw in like Doug Pennick from. Uh, King's X, no. just you know. Gene because. Simmons. Uh, there we go. That's got to happen. Nikki Six. Nikki no. Six. Yes. Gene Simmons. No. no.
1: Jason Newstead. I don't know. I think Gene's a good bassist. I really he's, do. Very he's, good bass he's, he's solid, but I don't think depends I, I don't on think
0: the song. Wow well, yeah. true. You listen true. to those early early records. He's very good.
2: He had some flavor. He has a lot of flavor. That's the thing. It's like
0: sometimes in the mix, like Blackie for sure. The
2: the bass player just kind of gets lost. But uh, yeah, Blackie was like, uh, he was bassist for like the first record. Right. And then he switched over.
1: Rudy Sarzo.
4: Rudy Sarzo. Blackie Lawless famously said he switched when he realized the bass guitar was a tool of ignorance. That's what he said when he, when he switched to guitar.
2: For sure. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, because it's like, yeah, you're, well, he was also the lead singer too. So yeah.
0: yeah. But then, then they, then they got, you know, Holmes got on guitar and he's like, Oh, I guess I'll go to bass.
2: <laughs> no, Chris Holmes Speaking is, which? Chris Holmes is a great guitarist.
0: That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: They didn't switch. I think they just they. Randy Piper got thrown out, and then uh, Johnny Rod came in. Johnny it's, Rod's a great, great bass player too. Uh, great bass players of all time. Someone well, has to say Geezer Butler though. So I don't, think, I don't think anybody does. Geezer. <laughs> oh, I
0: really
4: do.
2: Oh, come on. Uh, how about how about Ant Whistle? good. Yeah. Uh, good no, good it's, bassist.
0: It's, it's a metal show.
2: Huh? Hey, I just I was just throwing <laughs> it out there. I was just saying like <laughs> like Trevor
3: Rabin.
4: Says there oh, you sure. go.
3: I want to. I want to go back to Juan Crochet for a second, and I want to. I want to point out something. I, okay. I, have you <laughs> yeah. Have you look, ever noticed in certain bands the vocals that some of these bass players produce, like Michael Anthony? I knew it. Yep. I knew it was coming? Carries the vocals, Michael in Anthony. And he's a, Juan Crochet did the same thing with Rat. You look at some of these guys. Yep. They, he still does. They, he still does. He does they, all they, the backing they, vocals. Yeah, and that and that is a great talent when you can find a bass player that can sing. So if we're going to talk about bass players who can sing,
0: I think we need to talk about Les Claypool. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well,
2: there's there's definitely that. To Colin's point too, like. Uh, <laughs> That's my name. And I say to
4: thee. It's like freaking Popeye. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey.
2: Jeff Pilsen is another one. Exactly. uh, He's he's a good. He's a very. uh,
0: mm, Let me down. (laughs) The
3: the whiskey has taken David away.
0: (laughs) I'm not even even drinking, dude. I get seltzer here. Okay, I
3: saw whiskey earlier.
0: No, I was. I was faking.
2: Sorry, Michael no but, I but you, you made a good point there like basses are, are you know we they're not always sort of like hey i'm just gonna hang out here by the by the
3: drum riser and just kind of pluck along yeah like glenn hughes thinking. from judas priest that that's dude hasn't moved in in 50 years he stands <laughs> right in the same spot and never does anything except play his chords and then his and his his music um, yeah and nobody
2: nobody has the heart to tell him he's not plugged in <laughs> like Your check is in the mail there, Glenn.
0: Hey, dude, you know you got five other drums on that kit? I'm good.
2: Breaking (laughs) the law, breaking the law. (laughs) Some are just for stickers. But uh I think we we you know unless we want to take on another question, I think no, we uh God, we, no. we we na- we nailed the f out of that one <laughs> yeah.
3: and and I think we got some good questions to come for the next time we do part
0: three. I think my favorite question up there is number thirteen. that's a whole other episode.
2: Um, well, yeah. Uh, Actually, I think a Saturday that, Night
0: Live episode, but
2: it's a it's a pretty short one. But I, but who, well, who knows? Let's
0: make that let's make
1: that our last one.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. All right. But the that's Vinnie, what the, we'll
1: close up on. Our really friend Joey sent us a question that says, <laughs> "I'd like you to Vinnie read Vincent. it as what's up." <laughs> <laughs> and so the answer to that is no. It's Vinnie Vin- Vincent. Vin- what's up? Yeah. What's up? The answer to that is Vinnie Vincent is transitioning. He oh. shows up at, at uh, conventions looking um, very much like a, a middle-aged woman. And uh, he's selling photos online for like $3,000. Yeah. They'll it, sign it, a photo for you and throw in some pics and it's like three grand or three, nine, nine grand. grand. It was, it's something ridiculous. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, and again, I, I saw somebody like posted on Facebook or somebody shared it with us and it was uh, Vinnie Vincent, uh, he had like the thing last year where it was like Christmas in Tennessee. You come to his house for like two or three days, and Here, here's it's like here's thousands current, of
1: dollars. Uh, here's the current Vinnie Vinton prize pack that you can pay oh ninety $9, five hundred dollars for. I got a this couple of the, bucks. Ninety five hundred. <laughs> All every item signed by Vinny Vinton. You get one copy of the Invasion CD. One Whoa. copy of all systems go,
2: both CDs.
1: One, correct. One, Vinnie Vincent Invasion double CD set. A DVD of Rock and Roll Heaven, a uh-huh. guitar catalog, a Vinny two Vinny Vincent Invasion patches, <laughs> patches uh, a, an advertisement for a Vinnie Vincent Pro pedal. Whoa! Uh, like four really? brand new Vinny Vincent T-shirts, a Vinny Vincent live poster. Christmas poster, uh, uh a Days of the Dead show poster, and a chiller theater poster. So basically like five posters, four shirts, two patches and five CDs, nine thousand five hundred dollars.
0: There's no actual guitar. No guitar.
1: <laughs> no. There's a catalog. There's a guitar catalog. You get Does he have that they many guitars?
2: Out? And, and by by a catalog, it's like a book. Of yeah. pictures of catalog of of, of, of his For guitars. No,
1: it's like it's like a you know like a Xerox or like a you know.
2: A, can I can a, I just get the PDF of that? A
1: high quality color printed sheet that Vinny has signed. Man,
2: well, again, it seems like he really needs the money, um, but he he could if he went on like a small concert you know tour, people would come out to see him for fuck's for fuck's I, I sake I
1: guess I mean really well, I don't know if, if I see a show I just, totally just, would I totally would yeah but just him Oh he'd get he'd get some like young
2: hotshot singer to do the Mark Slaughter shit that they did back he in the 87 You could probably get Mark
1: Slaughter for less than 9500 bucks <laughs> Probably yeah.
0: They only really would need one person to buy that package
1: And the thing too is like <laughs> and you could get
0: the whole band we should all road. pull
1: together. Like we should each throw in twenty bucks and make an offer. We could do a GoFundMe. <laughs> right now we're <laughs> we're, all, we're already
3: do, at a hundred. Let's do the GoFundMe. Yeah,
1: bring yeah. Vinny
3: Vincent to your area.
2: Well, if and, and and again, if it wasn't the days of Corona, we could probably realistically do that. Like, hey, Vinny, I mean, come, come, what, what? At, come come play come come play my fucking backyard. What
0: was it that got Vinny Vincent out of Kiss?
2: Um, well, we 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 talked about that a little bit uh, that- when we, we talked about uh, the lick it up record, or I can't remember what the exact topic was. What but was the thing? It's it, it seemed like creative control. Mm-hmm. It seemed like you know you know, it, and Vinny did contribute a lot to that uh, to the lick it up record, um, and that was it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and and again because it's 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 a it's a you know it's a Stanley and Simmons Corporation and um i that, i guess they felt they could do a little bit better without him and having to like cut off a piece of the pie for him um and, and, and i guess I get you get the impression too that maybe vinny isn't the easiest guy to work with either because he's, he's a little l- l- little diva-ish but uh dude Dude is like a stellar guitar player and he writes he writes some killer fucking songs. I tell
0: you, man, when people talk about great guitar stuff, his solo in I Still Love You is probably one of my favorite guitar solos. I won't say of all time. It's just on my list.
2: Yeah. No, it's again, it's so I I think, you know, unfortunately, he just kind of got shafted. You know, but we got those two Vinnie Vincent records out of it. I was listening to those uh, when I was listening to autograph the past couple of days. Just saying, that's what I do. That that's what my Amazon Unlimited I'm sure, music I'm is sure for.
0: That sounds like a compliment in your mind.
2: Uh, no, I no. That's that, That's like that. I'm looking for cool cred points right there. It's like, oh wow, you were like doing some like deep dives, listening to some Vinnie Vincent. It's like, no, that's that's what I listen to. Yeah, Have
0: you got nine thousand five hundred dollars.
2: In is out and six is nine. Whoa. What's that all about?
1: Thank you again for tuning in to Middle-Aged Metalheads. And thank you for the questions that you sent us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We will assuredly be doing a Q&A, Volume 3, in the future. So if you've got questions, send them over. Uh, Michael is holding up a fine Middle-Aged Metalhead button that you can put on your jean jacket when you right go on. down to the sock op. Uh, if you want one, send us a note and we will try and get you one. So tonight, for David Timoney, Michael COVID Stamps, free, Yo. Colin Bossler, and our buddy Scott, thank you for joining us and we will talk to you next week. Asking all them questions.
0: Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions? Making statements. Us who? Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why are you asking all them questions? Making statements. Us who?